And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Yeah, we're back. Well, 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 welcome back to Down on the Docks, buddy. Episode 72. My name's Chris Neff, joined as always by Dave Sarah. Um, Hello. First week off. Yeah. Yeah, what a bad. We could have kept it going. We could have kept that Cal Ripsky's going. What is the what is the number 2130 mean to you? That was Cal Ripsky. Kelly Ripsk. <laughs> was. Kelly Ripsky. That was, the, he, it, the record was 2,130. That's pretty good. That Lou Gehrig played. Then oh. he eclipsed it to 2,131. Oh. Dave, you know how much longer he continued oh, man. to play? He went, he went deep. He might have gone to. Another 501 games. 501. 2,632 times. Wow. Think about that as for some perspective. We're on episode 72, and we're very good at what we do. Yes. We missed one week yes. in 72 weeks mm-hmm. due to um, uh, Christmas, glucose levels glu- with your dad. Glucose levels, three and, sets of pills with my brother, four, right. four insulin shots with my dad. And Christmas and falling on a Monday. Christmas. Which was a crazy. mess. And by the way. Secret Santa, mm-hmm. everything. I had to do one as well. Um, did you get any drugs for Christmas? I already <laughs> oh, have people my asking. God. My friends. Okay. My friends. Okay. But I no, gave out the drugs. Right. What was your uh, biggest drug you gave out this year? I didn't like, give it Did you go promethazine or no, any, no, anything no. big? No, 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 no. You don't get like a nitrous tank for no, Christmas? No, man. I, just, I kept it chill. Didn't really drink too much. Okay. Hung out. Okay, good. Well, we thank you all for uh, joining us. And more importantly, happy holidays to you all. Um, like, uh, we got some changes coming up in January. Hopefully, uh, yeah, baby. Um, that's going to be some exciting. And hopefully, the, some padding in here. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, hearing a little bit like of, an uh, of an echo, it's because um, upgraded. I I'm an adult now. Yeah, and I had no to re- carpet. Ugh. I had to remove the carpet. Imagine having carpet with cats. It's, it's worse that's than why having, I got rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've got new hardwood floors, uh, but we haven't had a Rever- time reverberation. We haven't had time to pad the room. Yeah. As it were. I think Pad that's what pussy. they call it in the business. We will get to that. Yep. Dave, let's get into the show. But yep. before we do, tell our gracious listeners what they can do to help us out with the show. Go to Apple iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Tell them how much you hate me or how funny I am. Either one of those two is pretty good. You know, you can go to Spotify. You can check us out. Um, there might be a minimum of episodes you might have to listen to, but do it it's anyway. One everywhere. It's one everywhere. All you got to do is listen to one episode. Go, go. This is seventy-two. Go back to seventy-one right now. Yeah. Leave a five-star review. Uh huh. And then go on Spotify. Listen to it. Yeah. Okay. And then go follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, which is down on the docks on Twitter, down on the docks pod on Instagram, or send us an email at down on the docks at gmail.com. That's exactly right, Dave. And before we begin, Dave, can you tell our listeners who this week's episode is sponsored by? This week's episode of Down on the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. Broccoli Farms. Are you sure it's not cannabis industry as four, maybe? 
The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention, we got to change that to a decade pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Be sure to mention Down the Dogs podcast for 15% off your next order, along with first-time patient gifts and rewards. Fuck that pussy. <laughs> Check them out today on Instagram at broccolifarm619 and daves.sarah. Maui wowie, buddy. <laughs> Sticky streets. Maui wowie, have you ever smoked it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. still make that? Yes. They so, still make that. Okay. I'm sure there's different strains now and it's evolved, but it, yeah. I'm sure some uh, geek out there has uh, well, the original strain of Maui Wowie yeah. twice removed or something. That was the big one for my parents' generation. Like, that was like the first Maui time Maui people Wowie. were like, damn, that's some good ocean-grown kind of uh, Western Coast kind of a I would assume it's grown. the volcanic rock from Hawaii. Da- it does Doubt it. it. You do doubt it. Really? I don't think it has anything to do with the soil problem. More of the environment. Because most oh. of your shit was grown outdoors back then. Oh, as opposed to hydroponic. Indoor, yeah. I mean, most of your yeah. shit back then. I mean, you're, not, you're getting very, very, very few people making Got it. it. And even then, they probably weren't making very good stuff. Well, I know that the volcanic ash makes the pineapple taste sweeter. That's a big deal. So maybe it does the same thing to the Maui Waui. Gives it a little flavor. Sure. Wow, we're wasting time as we always Let's do. Go, baby. And we uh we need to get back into framing John DeLorean. The DeLorean. Last week, <clears throat> when I was driving back, mm-hmm. I have a little symbol on my car for cruise control. And when I hit it, you know what? what? We all do. Yeah, but there's a little no, but there's like a yeah, it's like a slightly more enhanced than what it used to be back yeah. in the day. And it's a little car. Uh-huh. And then when cruise control is on, uh-huh. Uh the two sides light up. Uh-huh. Like the street sides. Sure. And it, may, it makes it look like fucking and you can set it to 88 miles an hour. I was going to say did you set it to 88? And I was going to do that, but I'll do it this we week. We are going to talk a lot about back to the future at the end of this episode. Wow. Because of course I had uh, some Christmas homework that one of our listeners gave us, which right. was watch Back to the Future 2 because you've never seen it. Wow. And I didn't get around to oh, it. Oh, what a pussy. But like I said, we've, I've seen one, I've seen three. But because this is DeLorean and you know I'm a Back to the Future fan, uh, I came up with some lot, lots of goodies on Back to the Future. And cool. of course, we will announce the uh, competition winner for the Spotify uh, Wrapped at the end Sweet. of this week's episode, and we will also uh, be uh, reading the latest reviews. So let's jump into Framing John DeLorean. Uh, this is part two, so if you are listening, back up to ep- uh, episode 71. Framing John DeLorean was made in 2019 and directed by Don Argot and Sheena M. Joyce. Now, Dave, if you recall where we left off in the episode, uh, we were just finding out the details of John DeLorean's trial. Uh, he was put on trial for... Um, uh, conspiracy to yeah. purchase cocaine. Fucking legit. Uh huh. To save his failing auto company. Legend. Yes. Now, his uh, defense attorney, Howard Weitzman, says when he looks back at this case, Hoffman had said, if you give me, you know, a million and a half, two million, three million, I can turn that into 10, 15, 20 million. Well, John didn't have the money, and logic would tell you that's the end of the investigation. Now, just so you recall, Dave, um, we saw a lot of footage that we described in these undercover scenes. Hoffman was the informant who just happened to live next door to him and said, hey, John, uh, you you want some blow? So you got to remember, the whole setup is sketchy to begin with. Just the initial intro. Some fucking entrap skis. So this doc is done well in the sense that we get to see the feds 
in they they show the reenactments of the feds planning all this shit okay so we see the feds here and in a scene and one of them says are you sure you can't put any cash in and then uh the actor playing the fed by the name of ben tisa says at this point i don't think delorean can scrounge 20 g's let around two million dollars and the other one says well listen i've been pouring through all these tapes and i just don't think we have him yet um i think he's got it in collateral though Okay, but if collateral is all we get, then it's got to equal at least that much. And listen to me, we have to get this on tape. Well, Ben says, this is my first rodeo, Jerry. I know how it works. I'm just, I'm just saying, until now, he's been really careful about how he parses his words. So, well, it's different than a phone call now. He's about to walk into a real bank. He knows your CI it's is legit. Fucking pieces of shit, dude. So he won't for one second think that I'm not. Still, the more drug references, you know, you can slip in, you know, the better. <laughs> we got this, Jerry. <laughs> it's all pipes, Jerry. Come on, dude. What is happening? Well, DeLorean historian Tamir Arden says, throughout the entire thing, they had to continue changing the script. It was going to be, here's the two million. Here's the drug money back. Boom, you're arrested. So then it turned into James Hoffman, the CIA, uh, or the CI, uh, excuse me, convincing him, hey, I know this crooked banker. So now we fade into Eureka Bank in San Carlos, California for a reenactment. Okay. Now, Ben Tisa, the Fed, he's pretending to be a crooked banker. And he's like, hey, John. And we see Baldwin playing John, and he's like, Hi, Jim. <laughs> uh, uh, great to see you. Have you been in this area before? Oh, I've been to San Jose, of course, and uh, San Francisco. Well, Ben comes out of this reenactment and says, The DeLorean case was just one of those cases that I was involved in from the standpoint of being an undercover operator working at a bank. So the bank provided the perfect undercover front. So when I'm hearing this, I'm like, they had a fucking bank that they would go to for multiple drug busts because they're trying to set up so many drug buys. They've got their own bank prop shop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That, like, this is the bank we go to when, you know, we need to bust somebody. We have, yeah. it made it sound like they had their own keys to the place and they could just go in whenever they want. So back to the reenactment, uh, Ben says, well, uh, we finally, uh, shall we say, uh, you know, it's great that uh, we finally got together all this time after so many conversations, right? Well, Tamir says, at this point of the story, John's not going to put any actual money into the game. He can potentially put up collateral. And Ben Tisa, the Fed, is the one that's supposed to now set up an alternative situation for John. Now, I'm assuming the curveball comes into play here because DeLorean probably made it sound like he's got the money but he doesn't have the money. Or this is DeLorean just playing 4D chess and coming up with another plan. So Tisa says, we had a particular suspect and his name was Hetrick. And he was a pilot who flew cocaine from Colombia. So the idea came in, well, maybe the dope dealer would invest in John DeLorean's company. And John DeLorean being told the money was going to come from the sale of cocaine. Well, now... We, we see this Morgan Hetrick character. Now, keep in mind, he's a real drug runner, okay? 
And he was somebody that was flying in hundreds and hundreds of pounds of cocaine from South America. So the government felt that th at this point, that was their best opportunity to try and bring them both down, okay? And to merge two cases together. So these guys are getting a little creative with their fuckery. They're like, probably like, we only got the bank for this Saturday. These fucking pieces of shit, dude. <laughs> we got to fuck two people over. This at is the where same your tax time. dollars are going. Exactly. So, so two fucker fuck offs can jerk off with sick equipment to get <laughs> to get the fucking DeLorean dude well, from on. Back to the Future. Hold on, they're jerking off with sick equipment. Like, like they're, they're jerking off with like their fucking spying equipment and their oh, powers and like they're oh. like you know. What I, mean? I took that literally. Like they were buying sex robots. Oh, well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> because they were like, we want to cut some corners. Sick equipment. I mean, this this is ridiculous. Like, look, look, it's look, pretty look. wild. Look, yeah. I don't know the story. Yeah, I'm sure some of the story. That has to, like I'm sure somewhere DeLorean some sometimes said like, yeah, I wonder if I can sell flip forty kilos of cocaine one day. Right. And was, but like some that's like when somebody shows up and is like, I hear you want to flip forty kilos of cocaine. Right. And then it just doesn't, and then doesn't not, really happen but then, every day. But here's the thing. What's funny is that like <laughs> it's like I can flip forty. I I can sell you cocaine, and I can find the person who will give you the money for the cocaine. So it's like, it's why like, am I even why, here? Why exactly, <laughs> yeah. dude? Ah, oh, these people. All right, go. Okay, on. so the government told told Hetrick that John had put in two million dollars, and that he wanted to do the drug deal with Hetrick. So in John's mind, once again, according this is according to Tamir Arden, the DeLorean historian. The genius of John here is that he's bending the rules and finding the loophole. Hey, I'll take this money, even if it comes from, you know, drug folks, but it's coming through a legitimate bank. Well, at this point, we see more undercover video and Ben Tisa, the Fed, uh, you know, he says, let me give you a little background on what I intend to do. The background on the individual I have in mind and how I think it may help you and this other transaction. And just so all the cards are on the table and you know exactly what's going on, he's very successful in bringing in cocaine and putting it out. Would it be possible to allow this gentleman to maybe have some stock options? Here's what I have in mind. <laughs> all right, dude. Okay. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay. I know. All right. Well, I mean, they picked a good story, right? But the point is, I'm guessing the reason they had to do this is because they know he's broke. The so they're leading these guys. They're just, I know they're just leading him along everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna come up. They're like. They're gonna be like. Uh, they're gonna. They're. They've bugged. His, they've bugged his house so. Oh yeah, yeah. They've bugged his house so hard they can hear the dripping in the fucking bathroom, and then they're calling him like. And you need a plumber? Yeah, John, he's, yeah, he's going to want to see Sweet's uh, office with a private bathroom. Now, he's not going to come by the office too much, but we're going to have to maintain appearance that he's actually a company holder with DeLorean. Can you make that happen? John was probably like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't see why not, uh, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, DeLorean does answer that question. When they ask him about the stock option, he says, oh, sure. I don't think we uh, can do that in our public company, but I don't see a reason why I couldn't do it through my private company. Wow, what a fucking... Great, great. That's great. That works, John. So then they send in the Fed playing the drug dealer, not Hetrick, okay, but 
the other guy. Oh, no, no. The, excuse me. They do send in Hattrick. So they send in Hattrick, and he comes in. Hello, uh, John DeLorean. This is Morgan Hattrick. Oh, hi, Morgan. How, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Well, Ben says, because he's already given me, uh, I've mentioned, I've told him I have the $1.8 million, and I'm sitting on it, and it's cash in hand, and I have it, so there's no problem there. Okay, so this is him telling us what's going on in real time. Yeah. And then, according to his defense attorney, basically, he Wait, was... Holy shit, DeLorean was publicly traded? No. Oh, oh, okay. It was, he just wanted stocks in the private company. Okay. To my knowledge. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was ever public. Okay, okay. So, his defense attorney says basically he was given an opportunity to stay in the deal without putting any money in, and John took it. Yeah. So Tisa says you can't go wrong with something you make a lot of money at. And then Morgan, who's the real drug dealer, says, yeah, you can. Well, a little bit of common sense and don't get too greedy. There's a risk and reward ratio, and that's what you're playing. This is hat trick. And DeLorean says, well, that's, that's what life is. I, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for me uh, on that standpoint. Well, Tamir, the DeLorean historian, says, so in terms of the drug case, you've got hours of phone conversations, like you mentioned, Dave, hours of videotape showing John with these drug dealers and crooked bankers. John still hasn't the, given the government anything, though. So they have to introduce a new character, Okay. So they come up with a mob dealer, okay? Another drug dealer. He's really going to crank the pressure off. <laughs> They're on watching John. The Simpsons or something. Like, hey, fat. Well, Simpsons hasn't been invented yet. Correct. But uh, like, yeah, they're watching a mob movie and we're like, we need a fat Tony. So the undercover agent, his name's John Velestra. Yeah. And he says, when I meet him at the hotel room, I would be the one that would be handling the drugs. We meet him in, you know, the movie. Yeah. In real present day. Right. And he says all Jim had to do was put it together and get a finder's fee or whatever. And me and my network would be going out to quadruple, you know, the investment. And I'm Let me asking, ask you something. Yeah. Do the sh drugs in their entirety ever show up anywhere? Oh, yeah. All, all of it. So, so is that like a loophole in the thing? Like do all the drugs have to be there? Buddy, you know when the feds take shit down, they that always got to get the picture of the drugs. We talked about this no, in the no, last no, no, episode. No, I know that, but where do the drugs come from? Buddy, they're the feds. They have a, so a the lockers feds, full of this so shit. So the feds take the drugs. Well, here's the thing. Bait you with it. Let me just remind you. And you, But then it gets so, just such an arbitrary... Like, is he seeking that number? Here's or the thing. They, Let know, me just back up. This is so the feds never throw away cocaine, Okay. Because they, they just need reuse it. it. No, <laughs> they sell it so we can fund well, contracts. Sure, well, sure. well, then okay? that we know also. But. So no no feds ever destroy drugs. Sure. Now, once in a while, you'll see it them burning gets, pot, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But it's pot, okay? Pot's heavy. It's, it's, it's cheaper. At that point, the only reason they burn it is so that because it's cheaper than to just mow it down. Correct. But if you're smart... I mean, I don't know what the stat is. I know that the world's most expensive thing... By like weight is printer ink, okay? Oh God, printer ink it is like garbage. It's more it's more worth more than gold. That's so crazy. And then excluding like other fine diamonds, I think cocaine's in like the top five. Okay, so you always keep coke for sweet for shakedown money bartering. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know if it ever really goes bad. 
It doesn't, dude. Never we haven't all. we talked about this? I feel like it just dries out, right? No. You know why? we? I, I remember why. We, right. we talked about this on The Legend of Cocaine Island. Mm. And that question came up, does Coke go bad? Right. And one of us said, no, I lost some Coke. I found it like 10 years later, oh. did it, and it still worked. Sweet. So Coke, there's no shelf life on Coke. I love it. The half-life on Coke... I'm guessing it's 180 years. Okay, <laughs> that's just a guess. Uh, we're gonna discuss Half Life when we when we watch the Nagasaki Hiroshima right. documentary. <laughs> All right, back to Valestra. So he says, "I'm asking for what? Meaning, like, what are you gonna put up? There's no more money from you. There's no free lunch either." All right. So back to the hotel room with Delorean, Valestra. You know, he's walking in. And he walks in and he says, we are ready to consummate the end of the deal where the turnover is for your purposes within 48 hours. And DeLorean's like, man, great. Yeah. You know, there's no free lunches, John. Okay. Basically, I want to know what's in it for me. Keep in mind, he's playing a mob boss. Yeah. Okay. He's probably yeah. He's probably putting a little too much into character from what mm. I'm watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little. He's. <laughs> yeah. He's like a. Yeah. 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 Well, Tamir says at this point of the, of the story, each participant in this deal is trying to outsmart and outmaneuver the other person. For he's overacting game. like you and your in your headshots, any, like <laughs> me and any of my uh, yeah, overacting uh, in everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> this is that's you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Oh, John wants <laughs> to get the money with one knee up. Yeah, of course. I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So, uh, what are you saying? I, I, I'm an act out comic now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you ever see me do an act you're out? A fucking physical. Comic. Have you ever seen me do an act <laughs> out? Fucking physical hack. Okay. <laughs> you got John trying to save his company. Yeah, Hoffman. Don't forget, he's the next door neighbor. He's leeching off the government and he's starting to enjoy the lifestyle he's getting from working with the feds. And then the feds, they're trying to get the big case to make Reagan happy for the war on drugs. So everybody's trying for something. Everybody wants something out of this. Well, Weitzman, his defense attorney, says when you analyze a case like this, you realize, wait, the informant kind of created this with the government working with him and it didn't work. So then they go to a savings and loan, a legitimate bank, got them to use the premises like a movie set. And then phase three, they put John together with Morgan Hetrick, who's a legitimate, and by legitimate, I mean a real smuggler. And then they bring in the DEA, and John Valester becomes the mafioso type. And then they finally come up with it so John would get his 10, 15, 20 million dollars if they get him to give up stock certificates. All right, so back to the tape, we see John talking to Valestra. He's the undercover informant. Uh, the stock certificates, I, uh, they'd be in Eureking, uh, Eureka Federal Savings and Loan in a trust account. Then eventually, I could see us being 50-50 partners. Well, Weitzman <laughs> says, <laughs> John, with his lawyers, his corporate lawyer. Yeah, the guy with the money and the guy with the cocaine are already 50-50 partners, actually. He's a 0-0 partner in this one. That's pretty much accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John with the lawyers, the corporate lawyers, he gives them worthless DeLorean stock in right. a defunct company that had no assets. It's worthless on paper. 
And the con was reversed in John's mind. Okay? Okay. So he's putting up zero. So what, the way I read this is he's not put, giving him DeLorean stock. Right. He's giving him stock in a shell company yeah. that's just completely fucking worthless. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, are these guys fucking dummies? Or is DeLorean, did DeLorean really sell them on this idea of this shell company? Right. They don't make that 100% clear. Yeah. But if they did, that's pretty smart on DeLorean's part. I guess, but then that just... <clears throat> That just gives him more of a, of a like more. That just gives the prosecution more of a reason to go after him. I think it gives him more of a reason to be like John could have plausible di- deniability and say I never put this in Delorean's name. This is just in a shell company I created because I was pretty sure I was getting trapped and I was just going along for the ride and fucking with people. Now I'll wow. say that. No, I'm telling you, man. This is okay. You know me when I deal with scammers, right? Yeah. I don't know how long you've known me. But there are scammers that I will fuck with. I had one for uh, uh, 18 weeks once, okay? It was a daily process. They, I had them send me a check. I told them I cashed the check. They were trying to get the money back from me. And then I flipped the script on them. And I was like, look, if you don't let me keep this money, I'm going to go to the feds and accuse you of laundering money. But you, t- you got money from them? Oh, yeah. Okay. They thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. They sent me a fake check from Herbalife. Oh. Okay. Like, oh. I tried to sell like it was an elliptical for five hundred bucks. Yeah, sure. Then they sent me a check and it was eighteen hundred. Yeah. And I was like, and I had to make it out to my cunt. By the way, <laughs> that's my fucking first thing I do. <laughs> Sweet. So they could I see if they're morons my or not. Cunt. Yeah, I had I did I had to make one out to huge asshole and all these kind of weird names. It's that's the first thing that's you your do nickname. when you're scamming these people to see if they have any brains. Right. But their trick is then they send you a check. Like, let's say I was selling something for 500 bucks. Right. I get the check and it's 1800. I'm like, oh, uh, Steve, you made a mistake. And they're like, oh, my secretary screwed that up. Here's the plan. When I pick up the machine, instead of uh, you'll just give my person thirteen hundred dollars. But they're banking on you either cashing that check and falling for the scam or putting the money in the bank account and before it clears, you paying them back the money. Okay? So that's the scam. So once I get the money, they're like, did you cash the check? And I'm like, I haven't had time. Because I know their game is if I cash the check right away, that means I have to send it out their money right away. So when I have that like seven weeks, I'm like... Uh, sorry, I zip my my uh, my balls uh, in my my sack, and well, I'm in the that's hospital. Why you probably don't see that scam anymore too <laughs> too often. And then I'll my, my goal at that point is all I want to do is sneak in as many ridiculous words as possible. Yeah. Okay. And then the end goal of my scam. Yeah. Once I have their confidence, wow. is I'm like, okay, we got a deal. You should be a YouTuber. Hold on, I'm not done. <laughs> Scam Once, the scammers. That's the that's the my show. I know this. Uh, so after I'm done and I've gained their confidence <laughs> because they have so much invested. Yeah. I go, there's only one thing I need left to seal the deal. Yeah. And then they're like, no problem. And I'm like, send me a picture of your ring. And then the You're dummies. Asshole. Well, we don't know. Yeah. And the dummies, they'll send me a picture of their ring on their hand. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Your asshole. Send me a picture of your asshole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Here's the thing. It's just like... <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like a hot Colombian chick's asshole. Sometimes they'll fake it. Of course. They're always faking it. Okay, but I'm a professional. 
So I demand what's called proof of life. Yeah, you need a little piece of paper. I want today's date in the uh, newspaper. In what country you're in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't read that date. So I need a date in English. My point is, it's literally over $1,300 I'm getting these guys to show, show me pictures of their sure, ass. Sure, sure, sure. So once they do the fake one, I go, no, 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 no. I just put that in Google image search and I know it's fake. Yeah. I want a picture of your asshole, yeah. your ring, as yeah, I say. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they'll eventually do it and they'll pop up. You know, grab the date, whatever. It looks sure. like an AMA, today's sure. date. An and then I, I the, then I go dark, okay? And they're like, did you get the picture? I always go dark. They're like, did you get the picture? Yeah. And I go, of your ring? And they go, yeah, I sent it. And I go, that doesn't count. <laughs> and they're like, why? <laughs> and I said, go back to the previous post. I said, full spread. Full spread. Okay. Holding your asshole open. <laughs> Okay. You so are then, ruthless. So exactly. All right, we need to get back on track. Well, I'm, hold on, I'm not okay, done. Okay. I'm not done. So when they see that, a lot of times they don't know what the word spread means. Okay? Yeah, spread my asshole. So they're like, full spread. I don't know what that means. So then I have a stock photo that I bring up, and it's a picture of Kermit the Frog, the puppet, like where you put the hand up the butt. Yeah. And it's posed to make it look like sure. his butt, and his hands are spreading it open. Yep. I send them that as uh, an example. <laughs> an example. Like this. Correct. You send them Goatsy. Correct. Like Goatsy.com. I used to send Goatsy, but it's too vulgar. Yeah. So now I just say, give me a full spread. So you do the you do, do the curve of Goatsy. Correct. Okay, perfect. Okay. And then at that point. For the children, people. Right. Then they send me that last spread yeah. of a real and then, you pull, and then you give it the retard sexual blowtorch to, no, to and Photoshop and ask that's a usually, dick going into it. That's usually when I say, hey, guys, just so you know, I never cashed the check. Uh, I don't have the money. And I've just been fucking with you for yeah. like four months. And then fuck shit. Fuck cunt ass. Shit poop. No. What Cuck it is, is this? I kick your dog. No. Here's what they say. What? This isn't all the time. I'd say it's about mm -hmm. nine out of ten times. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. I caused 9-11. And at which point wow. I say, which point I say, uh, no, you didn't. 9-11 was an inside job. Hey. Go fuck yourselves. So that's my secret. Punchlines. So people. anyway, quick side note before we get back into yes. this. That was a meandering walk down sure. some random lane. Memory lane. And I'm going to go ahead and tell Retard Sexual Blowtorch 68. Yes. Uh, I know we're a week late getting this and you already gave me the meme for next week. Yes. But you can use the Kermit the Frog reference. For <laughs> okay, okay. Great. All right. Awesome. So back to John. He's putting up zero money. Okay. Hetrick the smuggler. Uh, Make my head look like the dick going into his, <laughs> uh, into his Kermit. No, asshole. it doesn't need to be joking. like that at all. Joking. Hetrick the smuggler. He is now going to get the cocaine. All right. And now they're going to call DeLorean. So we hear the audio. We hear the Fed. Hey, you still on the East Coast? I'm on the East Coast, and uh, I can do anything you want. Uh, might be conducive, uh, you know, to be close out here, you know, when things go down. Um, you know, maybe we'll pop a little bottle of champagne. Uh, that would be wonderful. And um, just sit back and relax. Yeah. So at this point, they say to him, John, come to, you know, L.A. Uh, we got $10 million for you. Come get your money. And DeLorean, who can only think about I've got to get the money to the company. He goes to LA and the government picks him up, takes him to a hotel room. They pop a bottle of champagne. They toast their success. And then one of the agents says, now, John, here's the fruits of our efforts. Okay. And then they go to the closet. They bring out your suitcase of cocaine. All right. 
They open it up, and then we go back to some hidden camera footage. All right? Falestra, the undercover mafioso, he's like, it's going to be like a magic act, John. All right? We see him pull the suitcase. Between this and the other half, it's going to generate four and a half, not less than four and a half mil. All right? Uh, this is better than gold. <laughs> gold weighs more than that, for God's sake. Well, bad news. We see two more feds coming into the room. Hi, John. I'm Jerry West with the FBI. I don't understand. <laughs> well, that was it. He got arrested. So he didn't take the drugs, okay? He didn't get $10 million, and he was never supposed to take the drugs. He was only supposed to get the money. So White's been asked, why would they bring the drugs out and show it to him? Okay, well, the answer is simple. If you're dealing with 12 lay people in the jury box, you've got to make them think it was part of the deal. So it's essentially a prop. Okay. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, this is all just makes me sad. Tom broke on here. Joe. I mean, if you know, I don't know. And you never know. This guy could have. I mean, DeLorean's clearly. I don't want to say he's a piece of shit, but I mean, he's probably. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe these cop. Maybe they're frame. Maybe these. They're making these cops look a lot worse than they actually are. I don't. I don't like it. Well, before la we ended last week's episode, I said, Dave, what do you think the chances are he gets off? Right. And at first, what you I were like, "Oh, he's definitely getting off," and then you're like, "I don't know." You didn't give a percentage. What's your percentage now? That he's getting off? Yeah, zero percent. Okay. <clears throat> Tom broke on here. John DeLorean says it's all in God's hands. That was his reaction today when six men and six women began deliberating his case. I mean, look, look. Something I I think he gets sentenced. Uh -huh. He's found guilty. Uh huh. And then he possibly spends some certain amount of time in jail. And then it comes out later that some shit got cleared up. Maybe after it mattered, maybe after it didn't matter, but that's the only benefit I'm giving it. So you don't think he's going to get in the DeLorean and go back in time and reverse all this and change the course of history? Why, Chris, no, I don't think he will. <laughs> okay, just I don't think he will, Chris. Well, there's a male reporter out front of the courthouse to give us all of... Uh, the ins and outs before, uh, well, excuse me, not before, but while the jury's in the deliberations. The jurors who appeared relaxed when they arrived to court today began their deliberations shortly before 10 a.m. Los Angeles time. Outside court, John Lorian's attorney, Mr. Weitzman, expressed the mood on the defense side. This is a very difficult time when a case goes to the jury because you never really know what they're thinking or what they're interested in. These are very hard cases, and it requires a unanimous verdict. If he got convicted, he would have, have received a pretty stiff prison sentence for sure. And the government was very confident in their case. Throughout the case, the DeLorean defense has hammered away at the tactics used by federal agents in their undercover investigation of John DeLorean. Weitzman asked for acquittal, saying the government is, in a sense, on trial here. Well, the uh, prosecutor, uh, Robert Perry, he said, we did not believe there was an entrapment defense in this case. That was a throwaway defense. Well, reporter says, after the long trial, DeLorean's lawyers said he'll be stunned, whichever way the jury votes. John DeLorean put it more simply. John, how do you feel? It's in the hands of the Lord. Drum roll, please, Dave. Mm -hmm. 
In the matter of United States versus John Z, DeLorean, the jury defendant find the defendant not guilty on all eight charges. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Yes, fuck me. I'm happy that happened. And then DeLorean stood up and said, Praise the Lord, Howard. Hallelujah. Well done, and thank you. All right, now we're going to get into the juicy stuff. Uh, We're going to take some time. I want to know why. We're going to get to, we're going to take a segue. We're going to go to this shithole dilapidated apartment, and you see a name on a mailbox, and it says DeLorean. And right away, you're like, Whoa, how far have the mighty fallen? Well, it's not DeLorean. It's DeLorean's son. And, you know, you're not looking so good. His dogs are nice. Okay. And how bad are we looking? <clears throat> Buddy, this place is fucking trashed. Where, though? It looks like it's a one-bedroom walk-up apartment. In? Some shitty town. <laughs> it's cold town? It, it looks cold. Oh, it looks boy. depressing. And he's talking to his dogs. He's like, man, there's fucking water all over the floor. He's fucking... Back up, back up, dogs. We got a guest. Fuck. Fuck. Fucking... <laughs> How many times are told to back up when we have guests, dog? It's where I live. You know, it's just a shitty fucking apartment. You know, it's... Paint's fucking peeling. Yeah, I see what they're doing. I see what they're, they're trying to make. They don't have other. to do anything. He's doing it himself. <laughs> this guy is such a ham. And if he's f- looking for handouts, no, this piece bro, of shit. He's literally fucking. I mean, what, what? You're going to live off of your dad your whole life? Oh, good point. Good point. What the fuck? I mean, if you find my housekeeper. Unless the dad was like, don't worry, son. You'll never have to work or go to school. Unless all of that was happening, which I wouldn't pass, put it past Dude, the Dude, they lived in a fucking like 14-bedroom penthouse on Park Avenue. I get Avenue. it. It once was that. I yeah. understand. This is the issue. Anyway, John uh, Zach DeLorean, he's like, anyway, if you find my housekeeper, tell her she's fired. She doesn't do a good job cleaning the fucking place. But so it's kind of, you know, like, meh. So, you see, <laughs> so, so we see his kitchen. It's just the stove. It's spackled with fucking shit. There's grease and food well, yeah, particles I mean, he, everywhere. He's fat, obviously, right? No. Are you skinny? Yeah. He's just a skinny in fact, in fact, mm-hmm. our uh, script uh, person, Jess, yeah, who works yeah, on yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like, I thought the guy was kind of fucking hot, to be honest. <laughs> wow. And then, you know, you he's, see... Uh, I don't know. Get gone. He's in a... He's got like an unmade futon, and there's like a two drawer filing cabinet by the bed. Anyway, I don't know. You guys, guys. a fucking crackhead, probably. I don't know if you've seen the apartment or any of the stuff, but when people know who I am and who my family is, and they come over, they're like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) Dad made the Back to the Future car. (laughs) You know, even today, I'll see the car going down the street, and I'm just like. Oh, it's just fucking weird, man. You never see the car going down the street. I do. When was the last time you seen one on the street? A couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. A couple yeah. years ago. I mean, uh, by the long way, time, I yeah. guess, since they made them. Speaking of fucking fucked up cars, I finally saw the first hi- Cybertruck on the road today. Wow. Yeah. For me, there's a garbage. lot of garbage. Garbage. <laughs> there's a lot of Let's meaning. Let's hope those Rivskis goes up, baby. Rivian is <laughs> choice. Rivian is good choice. By the this way, I'm holding fun. a significant this amount of shares. <laughs> this is not a pump and dump is, or anything. This is not, not this financial is, advice. Not financial advice. <laughs> Please buy Rivian. Rivian. <laughs> All right. That's for the hardcore fans. Not just my family name on it, but you know what that fucking car did to our family. Um, well, the interviewer says, are you surprised by that? That a feature film hasn't been made about your dad and his life? 
Yeah, I mean, it's got all the good shit in it. It's got cocaine. It's got fucking hot chicks. It's got sports cars. It's got fucking, you know, war-torn, you know, bombed-out buildings overseas. It's got fucking Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, the war on drugs. You got FBI agents. You got, you know, fucking hardcore drug dealers. But my fear with Hollywood is they're going to end it with him coming out of the courthouse with Christina. Woohoo! Fucking acquittal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking credits. You know, while that coming out of the courthouse, you know, ticker tape parade shit is real. Look what it cost him. Well, we see DeLorean on a vintage talk show. And then there's a female reporter. The sting operation fell through. You were acquitted and your wife, Christina, stood by you through the entire trial. And then not but several weeks later, she left you. Several days later. (laughs) Well, Phil Donahue makes an appearance. You claim to have been shocked that your wife, Christina, announced her intentions to divorce you shortly after the trial. She appeared on this very program, spoke of you with the uh, utmost uh, wifely of terms. Here's what she said. And then we see her because she was on the show. Um, Can't make a judgment right now. It's not fair. It's not fair for John. And it's not fair for you either, because if you were in a situation like this or any one of your loved ones, you will find yourself defending them as ardently as I'm doing now with John. Phil, that must uh, make you feel at the very least uh, mixed to see that. Makes you cry, doesn't it? (laughs) John starts crying. Oh, God. Even now he's He's, he's like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty painful. Yeah. Uh, at the time I was, it was my mom, the carpet just got pulled underneath from me. She's 31 years old, man. She's got another eight, nine, 10, 12 years of being top dog and the whole fucking career pulled out from underneath you. Well, we see Barbara. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Your whole career <laughs> has fallen apart. Good. And then we see Christina. I was at the top of the, my, my, get my profession. I've been doing it for 20 years. The last 15 years, I've been at the top, commanding top money. And this July and since January, I've had one booking, and I've made $105. And no one will have anything to do with me or my name. Not wow. at all. Wow. Well, we also wow. we also meet Catherine. Just Delorean. even being a hot chick fucking back then. Like, I can't even get a job being a hot she chick. She wasn't just a hot chick. She, she was, was a supermodel. She was yeah. like Christy Brinkley before Christy Brinkley. Yeah, talk about the 24-hour new, 24 news cycle. Jesus. Right? Well, Catherine I guess when, when you don't have devices, your name really fades. If you're not in commercials constantly or whatever, you yeah. really fade out into the nothing. Yeah. Oh, who remember? Like, <clears throat> if you think about it. Yeah. Like, we rate generations by, like, these. Z, X, Yeah, yeah. By, by, like, but by, by, like, these large chunks of time. Yeah. It's, like, 15, 20 or, years or equals a generation. Or historical events. Sure, but like in general, Generation X, Generation Z, uh, Millennials, Baby yeah. Boomers, they all kind of consumed like these weird, like even I, when I was born, I was Gen Xer. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm a Millennial now. I would prefer to just keep you under the Millennials. You don't know any good music. I know, but I have a foot You think in both Three Doors here. Down is good? Or I don't know, like, I don't like Three fucking, Doors Down. Uh, what are you talking about, dude? I'm a kid, I'm a child of the 90s. I grew up with, the only thing that's different is I grew up with computers. The only, that's the only difference. The only, only generation that matters in the 20th century is the great generation, or we wouldn't be here. Okay. okay? But hold on, let me just get my, my, but my point is that like now, even, it feels this way more now, yeah. especially. 
every four year, every high school fucking yeah. cycle uh-huh. is like a whole new generation. That's how I measure time, by the way. Yeah, four. That's me too. I'm like that was nine high schools ago. Yeah, that was not 36 years ago. Yeah, that was nine high schools ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was four high school shootings at least. We didn't have shootings when I went to high school. <laughs> I know. Now nowadays you're yeah. like there's only three three shootings. It's not even small. Anyway, I don't like bummer. Anyway, it's not even that happening that often. Let's go. So Catherine DeLorean, <laughs> she's the daughter. Anyway. Okay. Okay. I try not to ask my mom about my dad. Not because I think that she doesn't have any good memories. More because, again, I don't want to drop any painful ones. It was terrible and tragic what she had to go through. So she had to do something different with her life. She had to leave all that behind. While we see newspaper headlines, the courtroom ordeal is over. But Christina DeLorean calls a recess on her marriage to John. Well, shortly after (coughs) all of that, she had her show, AMLA. Do you remember her on AMLA? Mm, which one's AMLA? I don't know. You're from here. I'm I mean, not. it's AM Los Angeles, obviously. She defined who she that. was, and she rebuilt her life, and she rebuilt it in a fantastic way. And uh, we see another newspaper headline, Leaving Her Trials and John DeLorean Behind, Christina Farrar Weds in a Marriage and Made in Private. Well, who'd she marry? They didn't say. Tom Ford? <laughs> Somebody probably cool. <laughs> Uh, and give her credit. You know, I understand it. You know, you're trying to keep a roof and keep a normal, stable household for your kids. Guess what? It's fucking gone. Stability and sanity. He left the fucking house two years ago when he got arrested. Well, then we see a People magazine cover with John and Christina and the kids. Headline, cocaine destroys the DeLorean dream and rocks the auto tycoon's model family. Well, Catherine says, I had to do an art project for school, and we had to do appropriation. So I appropriated this painting. Well, it's a picture of a DeLorean, okay? On this side, there's photographs of everything perfect. And as it goes on, I started to put in, you know, articles of my perfect life that turned into this destroyed life. And on the bumper, it says, destroy my childhood for DMC. I guess you maybe did some therapy or something. Baldwin, uh, he says, I'd love to figure out what's the actual turning point. When does DeLorean get to a point where he could have turned back and maybe avoided everything? And whether he went on to complete the car project or not, he would have lived to fight another battle, you know, and or try another iteration of all that and probably succeeded because he was a very clever guy. What's that moment where you could sit there and Go, it's not too late. Is it the cocaine deal itself? Or is it before that? Is it a series of things? Is it a period of time where he's doing a few things? When does John put all the chips on the table and he loses? Well, we meet a, uh, another DeLorean biographer who wrote Grand Delusions by the name of Hillel Leven. And he's, uh, they, I don't remember it's a he or she. I saw the drug trial as a sideshow. To me, much more substantial was how DeLorean was handling the money that he had gotten to build the car in Northern Ireland. Well, Dude, yeah. Have you seen the prices of DeLoreans lately? I was going to save it for the end. Okay, great. <sighs> it just struck me. I mean, I just it just struck me to look it up real quick. I was just curious. I'm not sure if you like looked it up or if we were going to play that game or anything. Why don't you play the game with me? 
Well, have you seen the price? I, yeah, kind of. Okay, well, you're, what's the matter. game? So there's no the game. Was, there was not going to be. What I do they was, go for? Well, just ra- fucking tell everybody. The, the cheapest looks like to be about fifty nine thousand, and the uh-huh. most expensive looks to be about almost ninety thousand. Right, and how much are the Back to Future cars? The, the, the actual nerds ones th- that are. <clears throat> I haven't looked at that okay, yet, well, so we'll, the, we'll play that. Okay, I, won't, I, won't, I have that part. I down. won't look that. Per- okay, perfect, so don't perfect. don't look. I'm that. not going to look. Okay, that. perfect, perfect. Yeah, stay on target. Excuse me, I'm trying to be a good producer here. Yeah, tuning out. And I'm not looking tuning up, out. Fucking looking up car prices on eBay. <laughs> fucking well, I'm fucking telling the story. I was wondering why did CarMax Carvana <laughs> motherfucker. By the way, short short CVNA, short CVNA. It's garbage. It's garbage. <laughs> this is not financial okay. advice. So, dude, that's how you get around the FCC shit. It's just like NFA, uh, <clears throat> whatever. Yeah, uh, NFA. You're right. Yeah, you just like you mask your your gives. Uh huh. You're like your fucking in your inside of traders. You code them, and, and no, you don't code <laughs> it. You just you 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 mask it in quote unquote comedy because we're funny around here. Obviously, got it. We're joking. It's, it. it's joking. We're joking. Yeah, it's about Rivian. You know, if you I want to li- help a guy out. <laughs> Listen to the timestamp it. You just send out little cards with timestamps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is where they punch. It's interesting. Was. All of their clips uh, have something to do with Rivian, and if you <laughs> if you turn down the frequency um, <laughs> subliminally. Uh, apparently, the wall but kill your mother. It's time to meet forensic accountant Jay Alex with Alex Partners. You know, every piece of paper tells a story of what people were doing and how they were doing it. Well, this transaction happened before this transaction that led to this transaction. I was brought in to analyze the affairs of DeLorean Motor Company and go deep into its affairs, its activities, and its transactions. We didn't really understand that at first, but it turned out to be the critical moment in entangling, untangling the affairs of John DeLorean. And as it became clear, you start to see yet another side of John. When the company was developing in those heady days of excitement and energy around the company, around John, investors all wanted to get a piece of it. Well, Tamir says, you know, in trying to raise all that capital, John was really selling himself. He was selling his image. You know, the slogan, live the dream. That's what people were supposedly buying into when they invested in the company. And Jay says, John sensing that interest and wanting to raise money if it was available was able to raise $17.5 million for the development of the vehicle. But, as it turns out, the British government had also put up enough money by then that their funds were actually being used to pay for the development of the vehicle. And therefore, this money wasn't needed so much at that point. And John, seeing this pot of money, couldn't resist. Right. Time to head to Geneva, Switzerland. Okay. Nothing ever goes good in Switzerland. No, especially not bank accounts nor whatever. The Swiss. Federal investigators and bankruptcy lawyers say they have uncovered another secret DeLorean deal. I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. Could you or I just go live in Switzerland and become Swiss citizens if we wanted to? I don't. I would assume so. Okay. Why? Just curious. It doesn't matter if you don't have any fucking money. No, but I mean... You know how many assholes have Swiss bank accounts with like nine bucks in them and they use that as a line to get pussy? No, no, but at that point, why would you even... Why would you just lie about having the Swiss bank account? Because somebody wants to see it and all you can do is be like, well, here's the number, but you can't look at it. I'm going to leave off the last four digits. You want to see the bank account? You have the paper, you have the folder, the Swiss bank account As far as I know, the way Swiss bank accounts work is you don't need a name. It's all just like you can give somebody like 12 numbers and just put it under that shit. I might uh, be wrong. I don't. I have no idea. 
Well, I yeah. just Don't. figured Swiss bank accounts were un. It not I I don't know if it has anything to do with the name or not, but I think it's just that they will not submit to any law as yeah. far as opening any records for anybody about anything. You're probably right, but think about how crucial Switzerland. Like they won't release the name. How to crucial Switzerland is or maybe to the world economy. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that is the thing about Swiss bank accounts that they don't have names. And that's why even if they are ever broken into or whatever, nobody could ever find out the name anyway. See, so you just have the number in and the, the movies, money. they huh. always say, I want it in a Swiss num- sure, numbered sure. bank account, meaning like no name. Sure, that's sure, sure. I, I get that. that. I get that. I, I didn't know that, no. But think about like the 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 country itself. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, untouchable for generate, well, in the entire 20th century as far as I'm I mean, concerned. regionally, it's in the mountains. Right, not, but not geographically. Geographically. I'm just talking about like the Germans are like, yeah, we still need Switzerland. And the United well, States they, are like, they we still need Switzerland. They created Switzerland. These people created that place. The Germans did? Swiss, Germans, Americans, Britons, one of them. <laughs> okay. Who knows? You I don't know. can't say these people and name all 12 countries. They, look, I, look at, some, at some level, there's a fractioning of them playing the both sides. It's the banking system. Right. The banking system from Germany and the banking system from Britain Maybe verboten from the people. Verboten? Like non, not talked about to the people of the countries themselves, uh-huh. like the citizens. Yeah. They, they're like, we got to... Somebody needs to make uh, a documentary on the Swiss bank. Are you crazy? System. You know how many people have died just saying that? Okay, good point. <laughs> All right. We're flagged on YouTube. Not, Back know, to Geneva. Whatever. Federal investigators. You could say kill your mother, but for some reason you mentioned Swiss numbered bank account. It's like cops are in front of my house Uh, right now. Sir, all right, checking on your taxes and shit. Federal investigators and bankruptcy lawyers say they have uncovered another secret DeLorean deal. This one arranged at a hotel in Geneva, Switzerland, long before the alleged drug dealer. Well, Barry Willis, uh, you might remember him from the first part of the episode. Who's the director of purchasing at DMC? He says a deal had been struck in Switzerland with Colin Chapman, who was the chairman of Lotus, and the mysterious organization called GPD Services. And what's interesting, it GPD becomes... GPD Services becomes GD Services, which is who I have to pay if I never... If I don't pay my parking tickets, they go to GD Services. Okay, well, that's not involved in this <laughs> okay. at all. What's, They're like a government municipality collections agency. All right, here we go. In Montebello. In uh, most of L.A. Yeah, okay. I've never had to deal with it. No, because you, you pay your tickets. I don't get tickets. I'm not I'm a just ding saying. dong. I don't get high and fucking ding park dong. my car and forget where I parked it because hey, I'm a drug man. addict. Hey, hey, man. Okay. Well, it became very clear. Drug user. Bill Collins, he was, you know, his right-hand man, DeLorean's design guy, was on to something several years earlier when he was analyzing DeLorean Lotus Agreement. Bill says, when I looked at the numbers that they put together, I said, John, what's the deal? Now you'll remember this because he was like, you're paying for the same thing twice. Well, looking back on it now, there were things going on behind the scene. John and Chapman were trying to figure out the game they were playing with GPD and trying to get various arrangements put together. Well, Baldwin in the recreation, he says, in the scene we shot yesterday, he's talking about the scene. He hangs up with Collins and everybody who's good. They've all got to go, you know, because their goodness becomes useless to John. You know, they just don't do me any good. This is Baldwin's take on it <laughs> about how calculating 
DeLorean was. He was so calculated. You got to remember, DeLorean. Bill Collins was like his his closest friend at GM for all these years, and then he hung him out to dry. But it was due to money. So, <laughs> Mail Reporter says, apart from denying that he had any of the GPD money, John DeLorean is reluctant to discuss GPD. Well, a mail interviewer gets a hold of DeLorean. He says, can you give that, can you give us an answer now to those allegations about the missing 17 million? DeLorean doesn't say a word, keeps on walking. Well, Tamir says, so now we fast forward into the investigation and we start peeling back the layers of GPD. Well, GPD is supposedly this middleman company to deliver certain other engineering services. In truth, there were no other engineers. It had no facilities to deliver these engineering service. GPD was just a mailbox. GPD is a phony shell company, nothing more than a post office box in a neighborhood branch of the Geneva post office. Post office box 33. Now, I'm thinking to myself, it's 33, bro. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. I it's fucking Mason. Exactly. Dude. Or the bo- the back of the Rolling Rock bottle. Whoa, Rolling Rock. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Rolling Rock is a Mason a Masonic beer? Is I have no it? idea. Don't don't you remember Never the back heard of the Rolling Rock bottle? I know Rolling Rock, but I don't know the what's little the back mystery. Of it. it says. There's a little speech, and oh, then I've the number thirty. I've never gotten that drunk. Read the, the number, back of a Rolling Rock bottle. The number thirty-three is on the back of it. Nah, I didn't know that. It's cool. That's cool little thing. You know, next time I look at a Rolling Rock bottle, I'm going to look at that. Well, I think it's this. Okay. I I counted the letters once, and there's thirty-three letters on the back In, of the Rolling Rock bottle. Okay. So I was like, oh, thirty-three is just the amount of uh, words. <laughs> the words. Okay. But then when I found out about the Masons and the number thirty-three, I was like, maybe the Masons. And it's like the cheapest beer. It's shitty Western PA beer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, doesn't it all taste the same to you? No, it's Rolling Rock is awful. Okay. Um, Jay Alex, the forensic guy, he says it turns out. I guess when you're a drug addict. Uh. Buddy, here's something you need to understand about people <laughs> that are sober. Okay. Yeah, I know. Once we get sober, you turn gay. We know we are better than everybody else. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you're like Weezer fans. We know. We yeah, get it. exactly. You're talking we, Heads fans. We're elitists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We yeah know. Talking Heads fans is hysterical <laughs> because here's the thing. <laughs> That's what I, I've Why said are the Talking Heads good? I still can't figure it out. They're classically trained. You homo. Oh, is that why? Yeah, that's why people because they all went to music school, so they're yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's 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 like my this is like my okay. ex girlfriend. This is I'm what I'm gonna get into. I'm not going to trash the Talking Heads because yeah. I like like four songs because they're the four songs I know. Yeah, yeah. But I've never like listened to like their albums. Washington D.C. It's not like we're talking about Pink Floyd or The Doors no, or somebody shit's, good. This shit's stony baloney. Right. Talking Heads is like I'm over there. I'm over there. I mean, they're just their songs are just. There's water. <laughs> <laughs> And above the water, it just sounds like. And above the sea, that, well, that's the kind of the things like they, to the moon, to the moon. That's, that's the thing about that's the thing about like classically trained yeah. people. I mean, Weezer's good. Yeah, I like Weezer's. Weezer's great. They're classically trained. Yeah. I hate Weezer fans. I've said this before. Right. I think on the podcast, which is right. I hate Weezer fans that like Weezer because they're classically trained, and the uh, Talking Heads okay. because they're class, Got not it. because of what the music is. Talking Heads is one of those bands where though. 
sounds like they came up with the music first. Yeah. Like, and it's really good and yeah. awesome. And they, they bridged it and they put, they knew how it was going to be in their head. And the words and don't the fucking words matter at all. And then the words just went in. There's boots <laughs> at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Back, back uh, to Jay Alex. Regular podcasting. It turns out John made a deal with Colin Chapman at Lotus that he would send the $17.5 million from investors into GPD, and then Colin took the money from there, funneled it into European bank accounts, and split it with John. John then maneuvered that money back to his own accounts in the United States, therefore converting the investor money into his own money. Now, Dave. Yeah. You know I go deep. Yes. You know I go deep. Yes. I did a little pausing. Because they show some documents. Yes. Do you want to know the name of the bank that they used to transfer all this dirty money into his personal account? Where is the bank from? Just, it's a European bank. Okay. Um, I need to know the name of the bank. Okay. Is it uh, the bank of some young guy? No, it's Damn the it. Rothschild Bank. Oh, oh these motherfuckers. Okay, Phil Donahue, he's back. I think there's a real fascinating allegory here. You did sell your soul, John DeLorean. I, you by the way, you said it. European. I still can only think of some young guy like an idiot. Couldn't you think of anything. You sold it for the greater glory of John DeLorean. Something with foreskin would have been much funnier. Who was going to whip General Motors and all these multi-billion dollar multinational companies with your own dream car? And in that vision, not only did you jeopardize the well-being of your family, you risked yourself for a jail term. Got off because the government blew it. Now we have other indictments which indicate that it's possible that, that, your, that your fatigue and your egomania forced you to use money for your own purpose rather than the original intent of the investors. That's what seems to be most apparent to anybody who gives a cursory review of the evidence in this case. Phil went hard on fucking DeLorean. Well, I said early on, I think we will prove conclusively that every single cent was legitimately and honestly uh, come by and that'll these charges are totally false well tamir says so there are questions uh that are being brought up and john is preparing to have to answer all these questions he needed to show some sort of proof that made the deal not look shady and the proof was actually a loan letter from gpd services and a paper trail that gpd services uh was a loan to him and that he still had several years before he had to pay back the loan. So he puts together these documents that only he and one other person would be privy to. That being, of course, Colin Chapman from Lotus. Well, several years earlier, Colin Chapman dropped dead of a heart attack. Whoa. And the only person in this transaction between the two of them is John. Ooh, okay. No. Seventeen million. <sighs> you know, it's like you get the key that turns left. I get the key that turns right. You put it in the box. We open it up. We get the See, money. This is the scary thing about like just even hooking my friends up with some people or drugs or whatever. Yeah. Just hooking them up, not even uh -huh. selling it to them. Mm -hmm. It's like if some shit happens, it's like oh god, Dave's on Facebook. <laughs> 
What does Facebook have to do? Dave's, oh. Dave, I'm not on Facebook, I but know. Dave's on Facebook. Oh, like gotta go to gotta go to Facebook to see why people are talking about me. Right. So and the, I don't have a Facebook. Think but, about right, that for a second. Right. So the the in your world it would go like this. Yeah. You get a call. Yep. Hey, Dave. Yeah. I listened to Down on the Dogs, oh, which is shit. my favorite podcast. Yeah. You know how you're always talking about all the coke you do? Nah. Guess what? I need some. Yeah. And you're like, and you say this. Uh-uh. You say, look, I'm not going to sell it First to you. First of all, I don't do that much coke. Okay. You say, I'm not going to sell it to you. Mother. All I want you to do is this. Yes. Join the Discord. Leave us a review. <laughs> and I'll get you a number to my yeah. coke guy. Yeah. Then the coke guy, he ends up dead. Yeah. And the coke guy's go, uh, girlfriend That's goes. That's even worse. I'm not done. Goes through the phone, wow. finds you, yeah. and says, who the fuck is Dave Sarah on Facebook because oh, my brother's shit. dead from a cocaine overdose. Oh, fuck. That's how I assumed it. Yeah, you, yeah, what you yeah, meant. yeah. Coke guy. I meant when you said the coke guy, I thought you meant like the dealer. Yeah. But now I understood where you were going with that. Gotcha. Okay. I thought you I thought you were talking about the guy that I gave my coke dealer's number to. Yeah. Now went and killed my coke dealer. No, I thought no, that's no, where you're no, going with that. No. That would have been a much cooler story. I think overdosing and dying is a better story. And that's kind of a classic. That's kind of a, a well, you tale, know what? tale of all stories. It's also because I feel like I have a moral obligation well, that, that, because I survived moral, cocaine and the, my listeners may have a problem out there and I don't want them to <laughs> your fucking listeners, die. Your producers. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> no, but... uh that's the that's the beggar that's the that's the better moral ish right there. That's like fucking uh, moral more moral fucking killing the killing the drug dealer. That's more way more moral than dying from overdose. Okay, let's anyway, get back to Jay. Anyway, I'll shut up now. So while I was busy, I'll studying, shut my my cloggy nose up right now. So while I was busy studying the records and looking at financial transactions, the lawyers were busy talking to Christina. Christina testified under oath that she saw John working in a large closet with latex gloves on, signing documents, backdating them, and then aging the documents under a sun lamp. So when the documents would be forensically examined later on, his fingerprints wouldn't be on it. His skin oil wouldn't be on it. And of course, the paper would have looked like it had been aged due to the sun lamp. And she testified that she saw him doing this. So John was very busy creating a set of documents in the dark of night while his wife was watching. Well, after reviewing the records, there came a time when the trial started to recover this money and that John had taken from the company. And I started to really get a good look at John as a person and the true nature of his character. So he walks into court one day and he looks at me and he says, I was on the radio this morning. I was talking about you and your testimony. Uh, And he goes, but I'm not sure I got your name right. He said, is there one H in shithead or two? And I said, wow. <laughs> well, there's two. I mean, it's very simple. But was, it, by, was, that, was that a serious question? Was there, yeah. Was there trying to make a joke? He was being was a dick. trying to be a dick. What a dickhead. But by then. How many, how many, how many H's are in dickhead, huh? That's what he should come back with. <laughs> hey, how many shrimp do they sell at the shrimp store or whatever the fuck it is? How many jerks do they sell at the jerk store? <laughs> but by then, when I realized we had him, in other words, he was acting out because he knew we had him, between us having the financial evidence and Christina would testify that John had been forging the documents and aging documents, John needed to settle the case actually cough up the money and that had been stolen from the investors excuse me that had been stolen from the investors to the delorean partnership (laughs) 
Would you deny, therefore, that you had any of the seventeen million? This is a male interviewer talking, talking to the Okay, okay. Uh, excuse me a minute. I have to get a drink. He just kind of walks off. John DeLorean was not prepared to answer any further questions about the missing seventeen point six million dollars. Well, Tamir, the DeLorean historian, he says <laughs> in the drug trial, John really could grasp on to the idea of I was the victim here. You know, I got sucked into a situation of overzealous people, overzealous government that was trying to take me down as a legitimate business owner. In the case of the money trials, it's very hard to take the approach that he was a victim because all of it was his own doing. Well, Jay Alex, he says, you start to see, you know, this real true character, this underlying nature of John, not the public persona that he had worked so hard to cultivate. And Hillel says he had built this giant bubble of an image making him believe he could kind of get away with anything. This was not the little guy fighting the Goliath like GM. This instead was someone in his business dealings who acted like the Goliath and trampled on other people's dreams and really hurt some individuals very badly. Well, Bill, his old friend from GM and the designer says, I'm not a psychiatrist. How's he doing now? We were going to get to him. Okay. I'm get, I'm actually getting to him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he was okay in the beginning, and I think he just got carried away. I think he could have saved it if he had the right attitude, but I think he thought it was more important to make a buck than to be successful. We see a newspaper headline that reads, John DeLorean and the Icarus Factor, endowed with a reputation for genius by an adoring press and public, John DeLorean came close to pulling off an entrepreneurial miracle. But his ego, like the wax wings of mythology, drew him too close to the sun. Well, Tamir says that is the part of the real tragedy, is going back to what ifs. You know, what if John and Colin hadn't embezzled that money and he still had the $17.5 million when he desperately needed the cash to keep the company open? By stealing that money, John really painted himself into a corner and he had to find the money somewhere else and to think he could have only held on for a few more years. Now, here's my problem. Where the fuck was that money then? So if he needed the money, he could. there was $17 million. So does this mean Chapman fucking burned through it? Did Dolorsky's burn through it on partying? You know, it's never really answered where the money uh, went. Yeah, I mean... Like, is it one chunk of money taken? We know we embezzled it. But I don't know where it went, you know? Let's go back to the future. Like, did they 1985. Send it? Like, okay. like, maybe just, okay. Doc! <laughs> Marty, you made it! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Welcome to my latest experiment! <laughs> I like how you can't even get through your own impressions. This is the big one! The one I've been waiting for my whole life! <laughs> It's, it's, it's DeLorean. <laughs> Bear with me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll tape. Why'd you make Doc Jewish? He wasn't Jewish. <laughs> That's how we talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not Bernie I, If Sanders. I wanted to make Doc, Doc Bernie... Jewish, he would have sounded like this. Welcome to my latest experiment. <laughs> no, That's not an old, that's not an old <laughs> tall Jewish man. Old tall Jewish man. What? What do you mean? All right. All right. Well, Bob Gale, remember him? Bob Gale, my balls. 
when Bob Zemeckis and I wrote Back to the Future, okay, the time machine was a refrigerator. And Zemeckis, the director, said, wouldn't it be simpler? It's a little too much like Bill and Ted's. Wouldn't it be simpler if Doc actually built the time machine into a car? And then he says, and what if the car was a DeLorean? You know, it wasn't my idea, but I know a goddamn good idea when I hear one. This was a damn good idea. So I said, yeah, that's great. Now, <laughs> that sounds like the most dismissive. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Whatever. Fucking DeLorean. Yeah, that's amazing. Great. When this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Uh, like, dude, I could totally see a headline. Delor uh, Back to the Future's DeLorean is first of its kind to go 88 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. I don't know if they could ever get they're up gonna, that high. They're actually going to joke about this in the, wow, in the so you're ahead it, of I the curve. Okay. Well, Bob says, we, I think, did a great job in making the DeLorean glamorous and endearing it to generations of movie fans and car fans. 1.21 gigawatts! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Very, gotta, very Willis. Be careful about that. Go a little bit. He says, if only we'd stayed alive and we continued for another two years. You can't. By the way, we've talked about this too. What? Idiots didn't even know how to say gigawatts back then. I, I, <laughs> save it. I've got it. Oh, wow. I've well, got I a mean, lot I can't of, help but I be know. smart. I, I can't know. help. You are. I'm not reading ahead. Okay. Bob says, back to the future makes the car and the man truly immortal. A hundred years from now, people will watch that movie, and the last running DeLorean may have consumed its last drop of fuel and eaten its last piston. Okay, but that yes. movie will carry on. All right. Is it was it a four banger or a six? I don't know. Okay. After the movie came out, about two or three weeks later, we got one of the best fan letters we ever got, and it was from John DeLorean. He said he'd just seen the movie. He thought it was brilliant, and he said, "Thank you for keeping my dream alive." They show the actual letter, and it's dated July 5th, 85, addressed to Bob, addressed to Zemeckis and Spielberg. And he says, last week, I had the opportunity to see a screening of Back to the Future in New York. And I want to tell you that I think it was absolutely brilliant. I was particularly pleased that DeLorean motor car was all but immortalized in the film and want to thank all of those responsible. And he names a bunch of people. Uh... For the outstanding job they did in presenting the DMC as the vehicle of the future. They can join my soon-to-be-revived design team at any time. Thanks again for continuing my dream uh, in such a positive fashion. Sincerely, John Z. DeLorean. Now, Dave, it's time for a little trivia. Do you know who Sid, Sid Scheinberger was? What? No. <laughs> Never heard that word ever in my life. <laughs> okay. I believe Sid he was Scheinberg? Sid Scheinberg. Sid Scheinberg. Who's the top brass universal at the time? Okay. Okay. I'd Sid. Yeah, Sid Scheinberg. Sid. Okay. That so, sounds the more you say it, the more I think I've heard of that shit. So he gets the script. Like on a like on a on a witty 30 rock reference that they yeah, use. Probably. Like how they used to back in the day in 2004. Uh, 2003, 2004, they're talking about Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein's brother being rapists. Never back then on, on 30 Rock. Never saw him. And it's like, seen. holy shit, you go back and watch it, you're like, what the fuck, dude? They knew back then? So I'm sure they knew, but you know what I mean? Like, they were making references back then. Well, here's what you need to know. Sid Scheinberg, and Hollywood does this with everything, they like to take credit for something. Right. Okay? They need to feel right. like they're a part of something. Right, 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 right. So what happens is somebody will write an amazing script, and then... The president has to put a bow on it. 
Right. Okay. So they hired Johnny Depp to be in the beginning and the end of the movie it's because it makes him feel better or no. something like that. He was like, it's a great script, boys, but you got the wrong title. Back to the future, it's too confusing. I think we should change it to Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> Did he know? This is real. Did he know? Yeah. So. Did he now? Yeah. Wow. Back yeah. to the Future, first of all, could have been amazing title. Yeah. It so what been. happened? Is they, they were like, no, we're not changing it. Or Fuck. What? They wrote him a uh, letter and they With all due respect. Yeah. They jokingly That's were like, uh, we'll take this other thing you said, but we are kind of sold on the title. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so what, and what did he say? I really think you should name it. <laughs> I can't remember, but okay. I was thinking, why the fuck would he have come up with Spaceman from Pluto? And then I realized, I think in that scene where George McFly, or where Marty pretends That's the to name be, of George McFly's book, is Spaceman I from Pluto? I think so, right? The, the comic book he's reading. Yeah. And then Marty McFly wears the yellow outfit and plays him the Van Halen. Well, maybe like kind of from that timeline, Spaceman from Pluto was like yeah. a catchy wondering what the mo like it sort of was like a cat that's comes up it's like and during that time they used catchy titles and Spaceman from Pluto's kind of is catchy. But was that the actual title of the comic book? It's he was just writing? like it's it's like a cool reference to the movie, like Spaceman. Yeah. What is Spaceman from Pluto? It's the title of the book in the movie. All right. So Alec Baldwin's back. Okay. And uh he says, you know, back in a time when I was led to believe films were about him were percolating, you know, there was a couple of them, to my recollection, that people were going to make. I got a phone call, and it was DeLorean. And I have to imagine he was probably out of the house, the big house, and living in the, this apartment, you know, the scene that's kind of like we're going to shoot today. Yeah, I was on the phone with him, and he said, he was like, Alex, this is John DeLorean calling he was very old. He sounded older. He said, I understand they're making this motion picture about me, and uh, I'd be very flattered if you were to portray me in the movie. I thought, wow, I mean, to have the guy who's the real guy pick you, and um, then it went away. I never heard from him again. But I mean... To me, DeLorean is a lot of things. Every day, you know, I think about who he, he is. I have a different answer. You know, today, my attitude about DeLorean, you watch historical footage and you get kind of inflamed because you see that he did a lot of bad things to some people and hurt a lot of people and he stole from people. And at the same time, I feel like he was somebody he just... He's a lot like a lot of great American stories. He just perverted some dream that he had. Well, Tamir says, as full as John's life was, those first 60 years, the last 20 years, were actually more simple. So Tamir, he says, this is one of John's Bibles, which he actually gave to his nephew, Mark. Well, it turns out Dolorsky turned into a born-again Christian. Whoa. Uh-huh. So... He dated. I've been saved by the Lord. He's like fucking uh, Bob Dills. Yeah, Bobby Dills. But didn't didn't Dills come back and it was like just the Christian phase? And he's like, I, I'm not know, really Christian. I don't know. I don't even know if he was ever a Christian before or after what it was. Look, Bobby Dillons was probably like some kind of government asset, also. Too. Probably. Anyway, he had to declare, or just like sold out to big Christian rocker. Like who knows? It was something. It was probably a career pivot. Yeah, they're just like yeah. You want electric? The God loves the God loves electric. 
Um, most of the time. <laughs> Isn't that when he was Christian? I don't on know. I don't know. I, don't, I only remember Saved. Okay. Well, I anyway. tempted by the devil. And it's pretty good. Anyway, he goes bankrupt in 2000. He loses his entire Bedminster estate. Okay. And he lived the last five Bedminster? years. Bedminster? Yeah. What's where's Bedminster? It's where Trump is. You're always hearing Bedminster estates in Jersey. Ah. So he actually gave up that property. Uh-huh. And now it's part of Trump's golf course. No way. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. So he had to live in a one bedroom apartment. Wow. Wait. Oh, um, little Delory. No, big Dolores. Oh, big Dolores. Okay. He, he went bankrupt. Oh, oh, now, oh, now, and now at this point in his. Okay, so what year is this? Two thousand. Oh, okay. So yeah. wait, when did he die? Four hundred and thirty-four acre estate. We're gonna get to wow that. in New Jersey. Fucking Trump's. Trump's golf course now. Wow, the whole thing turned into the golf course. Oh, it's four hundred thirty-four acres. That's I assume, so. fucking crazy. Yeah. So wow. Uh, Zach, his whole fucking life, his whole dream, everything they fucking worked for from the time they broke ground to the time of his arrest, gone. Was it a blow to your pride, to you trying to shape your life again? Now we see DeLorean. He's much older now. Uh, Puffed out face, kind of red too. Well, I felt terrible for a long time. I felt terrible for my children who've had this... It's been extremely difficult thing for them, but you know, life is life. You go, it goes on. Well, Catherine says, your father is shamed and he goes to jail. Your family loses their money. Your parents get divorced. Everything in your world changes. And for the next 15 years of your life, you get chased by, is your father in jail? And cocaine jokes. Whatever, lady. Half my act is cocaine jokes. It's yeah. like nothing. Half my life is a cocaine and I don't joke. I even do cocaine yeah, anymore. I know. That's crazy. Anyway, she's like, You're a fraud. We know. <laughs> <laughs> this followed me my entire life. And I had to li- you know, live it down. And it followed me around until I started to get involved in the DeLorean community. So people used to invite my dad to these car shows. And I asked him, I said, Dad, let's hey, go to one. Hey, I like that. Yeah. The DeLorean Discord channel. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you there is one. There is. We'll get to it. I'm not kidding. Oh, fuck my life right now. Yeah. I'll be, I'm going to be part of it now. It's not a Discord, but there's a, there's a forum. A, yeah, yeah, there's okay. people. You have to, Subreddit. <laughs> I was like, Dad, you have to go experience this. Knowing how much he was still loved would definitely make a difference in his life. Well, we see DeLorean on the convention circuit. And he's cool. got fans. <laughs> Signing fucking autographs? Signing everything. 100 bucks the, a clip? The DeLorean no, 30 bucks sign. a clip. So it, it did do him some good, according to, you know, Catherine. Well, Tamir. Um, DeLoracon. He, we see Tamir, who is the DeLorean historian, in one of these old vintage DeLorean cons. And he's like, I just met DeLorean for the third time? Document that. That that's, man is unbelievable. And that's like in what year-ish? I don't know. Okay. Probably 90s. 90s? Okay. Yeah, maybe early 2000s. Back when the con was a big uh, draw. You yeah. know, you can make 10 bucks a head. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> That's my chest hair. <laughs> Catherine, <laughs> Catherine says he really did get Tabasque. Not Tabasque. <laughs> Not Tabasque? Tabasque in his glory. <laughs> Not Tabasque? <laughs> a little bit. A little Tabasco. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so stupid. <laughs> like, you can't shorten it. <laughs> that's so retarded. He really did get uh, to bask. That's fucking hilarious. He got so to dumb. bask, bro. Oh, my God. All right, you got to bask in my sorrow. Let's go. Um, so an interviewer says, do you consider the whole DeLorean dream to have been a failure? And he says, oh, I think that I showed a lot of people that whether you know you survive, it's not the key. It's like Shakespeare said, it's better to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all. Now, Dave, did you know that's not Shakespeare? Oh, <laughs> I was just about to ask, was that actually Shakespeare? It's not fucking Shakespeare. I didn't think it would be serious. Now, I am a very... Um, that doesn't sound like on. Shakespeare at all. I got one for you. I'm a very learned person. Actually, it does. I mean, it kind of sounds... A little Romeo and Juliet-ish. What was that from? Is that from The Simpsons? I'm a very learned person. I'm a very learned person. I have no idea. <laughs> and they're supposed to learn it? No, I don't know. So Yeah, learned person. Even learned sounds wrong. It's This is according to our research department. It's actually Lord Alfred Tennyson. Okay? And it's from an elegy titled in memoriam A-H-H. Lord Alfred Tennyson wrote the line, "'Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all." A-H-H stands for Arthur Henry Hallam, Tennyson's closest friend who died suddenly in 1833 at the age of 22. So that's where like, that fa famous line found comes. that? You, Our get, research department. Get, no, no, no. Not that. Yeah. Who popularized to the How often the do same? you hear that? <clears throat> You hear it so often. I like, used it last week. But like you should really fuck fuck the guy who said it. The yeah. guy who said it's great. Give the man a praise. Give the man a praise. The one who like found it and thought that that wow, look how <laughs> that was so that was so insightful. Let me use that and give that to the world. Yeah. Give that man some applaud. That's the guy who wrote it. <laughs> But to like, when did that get seen to the public? But have you ever heard of Tennyson before? No. Yeah, it's not some guy that just randomly <laughs> just said ran. something. Oh, okay, he's like a poet. Whoa, bro! So, I don't know who that is. Oh, <sighs> I'm not. What very, did we have last? I'm not very learned. What did we have last week? That did again? Well oh, was, I think it was Yates. We were talking about. Sure, it was somebody. Maybe it's it was the, James Joyce. Yates. And you were like, like the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the cut, like the fucking, like the, what do they make? They make locks or something? You probably thought it was That's Abercrombie Yale, and Fitch or something. Finch. We all know it's Abercrombie and Abercrombie and Finch. <laughs> okay. Hello, Levin says, I think DeLorean was very much alone. Part of the fallout from carbon. DeLorean? Huh? The lonely in Oh my God. <laughs> the lonely. Can we, do you want to go back and no, cut no, it? No, no. We're not cutting that. Okay. We're not cutting that. Come on. <laughs> I think DeLorean was very much alone. Part of the fallout from car compartmentalizing his life the way he did is that he really didn't have anybody who knew him through and through. I try to say a lonely end. Uh, it, now, now should we go back and delete? <laughs> no, no, go okay, on, go keep on. It. All right. So we see uh, Baldwin, and he's playing an older DeLorean, okay? And it's, it's really cool how they kind of shot this last piece um, we see a round mirror hanging on the wall with 22 spokes around the perimeter, most of which are reflecting his fractured image in the spaces between the spokes as well as the center. The entire mirror sort of resembles the steering wheel of a large ship, and it's, it's pretty fascinating visual uh, for what it, you know, we're learning about this compartmental, 
compartment of ventilation. <laughs> is compartment of ventilation a word? <laughs> Compartmentalization. Thank you. Uh, of his life. It's 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 pretty well done. This like is not a man. Government. This is not a man who's looking at his family life or his friends to qualify his reason for living. It's what have I accomplished? What have I done? What am I doing next? That in his mind, this is what really reflects on him in a human being. Well, Bob Gale says, no film can tell the definitive story of anybody's life. Anyone's life is just too vast and complex for one film. I doubt that's true, dude. I could do your, your life in 12 minutes in a film. Yes. <laughs> Glad you agree. Yes. I mean, that's most people's lives. Right. Not mine. Yeah. No, I mean, your life too. Your, yours is maybe eight minutes now that I think about it. Okay. And I just cut the whole part about video games. That was a third of what your life would have been. But I had some interesting video game things yeah, going on I know. that I lied about. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So he says a film could certainly create... By the way, couldn't even do 12 minutes on stage if I wanted to. No, you couldn't. But a film could certainly create the legend of John DeLorean, and we print the legend. The legend is what we love. That's what we should have. Well, Zach... We see him, and he's speaking off camera as we see Baldwin uh, walking as John down a hallway. Let's just hypothetically say that when he went into the hotel that night, he knew he was walking out with a suitcase full of cocaine. I can't necessarily blame him. How far would you be willing to go to save something you worked your whole life for, your life's dream? What would you do to see that succeed no matter what? And Catherine says he always kept trying. He never gave up on the dream. He never quit believing that there was a potential for him to recover, that he was going to invent the next great thing, that he was going to be able to reclaim his former glory. He was John DeLorean, and he was John DeLorean until the day he died. Zach says, you know, I think he was still trying to make fucking deals on that DMC too when he got the heart attack. And I think that would be a good way to end the movie. Huh. You could have him... On the phone, eating some breakfast and an open notebook thing that you'd show investors to, you know, all the nice little pictures and stuff, talking on the phone, and then it just fades to black because then the last image would just be him working to get that deal and just fucking get it done. And God pulled the plug on his ass, man. You're out of here, buddy. You know? Okay. Then, you know, it just goes black and then... John DeLorean died in Morristown, New Jersey, fucking 80 years old, all right, on pretty this good. date, pretty you know? Good. Pretty good. Never have fulfilled, you know, another car company, build another car co company, and, you know, I'd be okay with that, all right? Well, what do you think we see next? Uh, Baldwin literally does exactly what Zach wanted to be seen. He's on the phone. Uh -huh. <laughs> He strokes out at the table. Oh, God. <laughs> beat by beat. Oh, as Zach said, he wanted God. the way the film to end. And then on screen, John DeLorean God. died on March 19th, 2005. <laughs> in Town, New Jersey. He's fucking holding his <laughs> They really committed, though, to the titles. How, how did he die? Did he, like, make a noise? I, <laughs> no, it was pretty natural looking. Uh. But it, on the screen, it says John DeLorean died on March 19, 2005 in Morristown, New Jersey. He was fucking 80 years old. 
That is fucking A. He plans to build another uh, car we never realized. Now, there's a couple bonus after credit scenes. Bonus. We see uh, Baldwin, and uh, he's, you know, taking off the makeup that he put on because he had to wear a big prosthetic nose for this. Dolorsky's got a big nose? Yeah. Well, wow. and he had that, that male surgery to make his jawline uh, bigger. Yeah. Uh, Baldwin says, God, it's so weird. I mean, if we can't get the money to distribute the movie, what if we sell cocaine to try and get this movie distributed? Hmm. <laughs> and then Sheena to MJ. Why don't we do cocaine to get this movie distributed? She says, sure. And then he says, we don't want to lose either. Uh, and then Sheena says, no. I'm counting on you, Sheena. All right. <laughs> and uh, that's how the film ends. Great. Now, Dave, before I give you my review, uh, I yes. want to talk about some fun stuff. Okay. Do you ever recall seeing the movie Tucker, the man in his dream? No. You've never seen this? No. When Great. did it come out? 88. No. Great movie by Francis Ford Coppola. Sweet. Starring Jeff Bridges. Um, awesome. Of, Every know. time Francis Ford Coppola comes up, you know, we got to mention Nick Cage is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Why do we have to mention that? I don't know. It's just a cool, cool little story that not a lot of people know. I'm convinced Nicolas Cage, his life goal is to die with the most movie credits. Possibly. But like, you know, he <clears throat> he did that so that he changed his name so that he wouldn't get uh, favoritism. And interestingly enough, on that note, when he did Peggy Sue's got uh, Peggy Sue got married. Um, Kathleen Turner said, you are going to... Ted Turner's wife? No. <laughs> you are going to ruin your career yeah. if you do the character in this voice that you're doing it. I'm not doing a character. <laughs> <laughs> There's that great Jim Norton story of him on the airplane yeah. and he's sitting next to Nick Cage in yeah. first class and he's like kind of new to flying first class and he's, he's like one of these guys that likes to take pictures with, with people. And Celebrities. Then, and then also... Print it out and keep it on him at all times in case he ever sees said person again to sign yeah. it. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day, so and he's next next to Nick Cage and he's like listening to something and Jim Norton turns to him and says something and Nick Cage goes huh and like they did that he did an impression of it and that huh will just never fucking leave me ever. Your Every impression's time I, pretty good. It just it's like huh. <laughs> I love it, dude. Just that one little word will get him. Um, so yeah, anyway, the Tucker, Tucker movie is great because it's about a, a, a young entrepreneur by the name of Preston Tucker. Yeah. And he was in a similar station Dolorsky was, he was trying to create a car and go up against the big three back yeah. in the day. Dolorsky, we turned him into a whole new character, <laughs> Dolorsky. We should have called the child Dolorsky. <laughs> That's Dolorsky Jones. Yeah. Dolorsky Jones. Yeah. Fucking dad. Fucking. That's fucking Dolorsky. Um, <laughs> So anyway, it's a fascinating film because it's basically uh, one of those things I never learned about. And he was ahead of his time. What, a punchline? No. <laughs> he, he, if I recall, he invented seatbelts. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Safety he, belts. Yeah. And he also had... Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Did he like... He invented, invented them? Uh-huh. Whoa. And, and it was then, in the DeLorean? No. Oh. Preston Tucker. Oh, President Tucker did. Oh, my bad. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he also invented the concept of uh, a car that had lights that would turn. Oh, as, as you, you turn. Yeah, who did that first? Preston Tucker. I no, just no, told you. No, 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 I'm trying to think like what car, like not necessarily first, but I remember there were some yeah. cars that did that too. 
Like <clears throat> that. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But whole point I think is, Corvettes did that at one point, maybe. Some a lot of cars. Maybe not. Done. I don't remember. And okay, the point he, is, that's cool. Big business crushed him. Well, yeah. Okay. Same, same thing with the windshield wiper guy. I think we talked about oh, that on the here, windshield maybe. wiper guy. Oh, I, I think it's like a similar story. Like he invented the windshield wiper. He held out. He ruined his family and his thing. Yeah. And then he ended up making like, I don't know, $100 million from Ford or something like yeah. that. Something I've like, been in those vintage cars where they have the manual wiper blades. That you but it wasn't until, like, like I said, until he ruined his his marriage, his family. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Went broke. I mean. Let's talk about DeLorean a little bit more. Did you know, Dave, he was a limited partner in the San Diego Chargers and the New York Yankees? Hmm, what's a limited partner? Just like he owns, owns a piece. Okay. And Oh, as far as instead of like a majority? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And in, during this... Uh, I, I realized that I knew George Steinbrenner uh, had bought the Yankees from CBS mm. in 73. Do you know what he paid for the Yankees in 73? Ooh, 35 million. 10 million. Whoa. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, even the deal with the Dodgers when they bought it from Fox yep. was crazy. When the McCourts bought it from Fox, they yep. bought it for like 700 million in yep. like still like 2009, maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. But what's they the sold Yankees it? worth now? Five or six billion, probably, maybe more. You got to think. Yeah, I don't know really. Because I don't know these 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 things these days. They seem like they kind of cap out at a billion. No, those are the minimums. I know, I know, like, I know. I know but like some some of these like I mean nowadays it's crazy. Now to get in, you're. I mean, I remember when the threshold for every single football team was a billion. Yeah. And then the the Redskins were worth like two, two billion, yeah. and then. The the Cowboys are worth like three, and then yeah. maybe the Lakers are worth four. Yeah, and Manchester United is worth like six. Manchester maybe. United, like, but like, come on, what do you think the Yankees are worth? Five I'm, billion? I'm six guessing billion? six. I mean, probably you would need more. ten large to buy the Yankees yeah. right now if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah, like you would need ten billion fucking dollars. Well, he imagine. Yeah, imagine living John DeLorean's we gave, life. We gave ten Yankees to Ukraine. Is that it? More. We gave probably 15 Yankees to Ukraine. I guess you're right. Probably more than that. <clears throat> that much is what I should say. <laughs> um, so he was... By the way, I'm using air quotes when I'm saying Ukraine. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're talking money laundering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He hung out with uh, head of band. MGM Studios. Uh, he hung out with Kirk Corian. Yeah, my boy. Mm-hmm. Chris, I met him once. Did you? In the 90s. Real, where at? Mirage was it the Mirage? Oh, really? He's MGM? like, Wait, who's this no, no, young no. kid on my property that's no, probably counting no. cards? It may have not been. I mean, does MGM own the Mirage? I don't know back then. Fuck, I don't remember. It wasn't at MGM. I went to an event though, and it was like it's another MGM hotel, mm-hmm. and it could have actually been anyway. But yeah, I have like the hat on with the silk hat, yeah, with the fucking long big white T-shirt and the thing. Yeah. And it hits him and his daughters and shit. And they're only like they're like ten years older than me. We all went to the pool and shit. That's cool. Well, he yeah, hung out with Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, uh, was friends with Johnny Carson. Um, let's get to the number of the cars. They ended up making nine thousand cars in total. Really? Uh-huh. Only? Only nine? DeLoreans? Yeah. Only? Wow! Mm-hmm. And in 1980, there was an American stainless Express. steel dude. Fucking crazy. Yep. American Express, they put a catalog out and had an ad for a DeLorean uh, 24 karat gold plated vehicle Whoa. that you could purchase. Now, That's according cool. to the ad, they only made 100 of them. Whoa. And the MSRP was $85,000 on them. In what year? Would have been 1980. Wow. Yeah. They That's only, pretty expensive. But they then. only 
uh, sold four of those. So they made a hundred and sold four. I'm mm. guessing it was, if you buy it, we'll make it. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. So regarding the trial, the defense team, they only called one uh, witness and the witness was Carol Winkler. Okay. And that was DeLorean's secretary. Now her call log proved that Hoffman made the initial call to him. So when asked after his acquittal, if he planned to resume his career in the auto industry, DeLorean bitterly quipped, would you buy a used car from me? Well, in 94, DeLorean filed a patent for a raised monorail transport. Oh. So it never got built, obviously. Yeah, because they got, came and got smashed. <laughs> or they saw the Simpsons episode of Monorail. Yeah, that's probably Monorail. why. They, that's probably why. See, Conan Bryan is a plant. He wrote that episode. Oh, he did. And maybe that's why that's big monorail didn't want that, or like big train didn't want monorails coming around. Okay. Well, he did try and reinvent the car company and call it the DMC two, and uh, he was working on it at the time of his death. But to get funds, he designed and sold high end watches. Uh, uh, on the internet under the name DeLorean Time. So uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a DeLorean Time watch, but they're out there. Um, The name itself, the DeLorean Motor Company, was subsequently purchased by a Texas-based firm that provides parts and professional restoration to DeLorean owners. Uh, He was married four times, and his last wife was Sally Baldwin. That's who he was married to at the time he died, but he did have a daughter with her. And he also appeared in a magazine advertisement for Cuddy Sark Whiskey the year before his arrest. And it was captioned, one out of every 100 new businesses succeeds. Here's to those who take the odds. All right. It's the irony there. You see yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Um, he died at the Overlook Hospital in Summit, New Jersey from a stroke. Oh. And uh, Was he fat when he died? No. That was 2005. Okay. He was 80 years old. He's interned in uh, Troy, Michigan. And his tombstone shows a depiction of his DeLorean sports car with the gullwing doors open. I totally remember the episode listening to Tim Conway Jr. and Brian Whitman on morning radio when he died in 2005. I was going to fucking... I was going to... uh, 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 school? No, not school. Uh, yeah, you school. To, you were on your way. I to was get getting drugs baked to go on my school. way to go to, to to college to fucking yeah. community college. Yeah, Rio Hondo community. Of course, college. it was a community college. Well, you went to a community off. college called Rio Honda. Rio Hondo. Rio Hondo. Yeah, Rio okay. Hondo community college. I like Rio Honda instead. Rio Honda. So there was one movie where he was portrayed in. Yeah, you ever man. seen Driven in 2018? John DeLorean, the man DeLorean died. Yeah, man. Well, there's an actor. That's my Tim Conway Jr. impression. Is Tim Conway Jr. Now Tim he, Conway's son? Yes. He does, he does. He's been doing talk radio forever. Yeah. Now he does AM640, which is like the news slash traffic on the ones. Okay. And he's pretty good at it. They used to they had this epic bit called... What the hell is Jesse Jackson saying? I mean, they did it even up until AM640, like when until he went on AM640 a few years back. Yeah. I think eventually they had to nix it because it's just, Too I racing. mean, for years, since 2011 yeah. at least, at yeah. the very least. And they, yeah, it's basically every uh, Sunday morning Jesse Jackson sermon is televised. Yeah. And they record it. 
and they <laughs> snip it, little parts, and they have sponsors give away gifts like the ice cream place in fucking South Pasadena, like the famous one or whatever. There's, yeah. there's all these little fucking places that they're giving away the shit to. Pastrami. And to call in, say, what the and play, what the hell is Jesse Jackson saying? Wow. And it's like, oh, 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 they be they. And it's like, you don't know what the fuck he's saying. And it, which is a uh, 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 DVD. Uh, and it's like shit like that. And it's like, oh, I'm saying, I want to tell you. And he goes, what I, and what I tell you. <laughs> you know now I mean? we're not allowed to laugh at this stuff. It's anymore, fucking hilarious. Nice. That's probably why they took it off. It. No, I know, but I'm saying that's probably why it's sure. taken off. Sure, sure. Anyway, um, there's a DeLorean Museum. It's in Humble, Texas. Uh, it was established in 20, uh, excuse me, 2006. And they have, uh, it, it's, well, it's got a mission statement. And it, yeah. it's, it's to honor DeLorean through the display, interpretation, conservation, and preservation of DeLorean vehicles, archives, and other objects. Now, Dave, let's talk about Back to the Future because now, it's Chris, one of our subjects. We've been talking about Back to the Future. Let's keep continue talking about it. So, as you know, yes, it's the time machine is a retrofitted DeLorean. Right. Okay. But the time travel ability is derived from the flux capacitor. Correct. This is the component that allows the car to travel to the past or future. Right. But not through space. Okay. Okay. This occurs when the car accelerates at 88 miles well, per hour. Well, it can't go into space out of the Earth's atmosphere is what you mean. Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, and of course requires 1.21 gigawatts right. of electricity. Right. Well, in 2021, the time machine was added to the Library of Congress's historic vehicle register. Huh. Now, Dave, do you know the control of the time machine is the same in all three films? The control in the time machine is the same in all three, on all three mm -hmm. films. The operator okay. is seated inside the DeLorean. Okay. But there is an exception. Okay. The very first time Doc Brown uh -huh. shows Marty, it, uses the remote control. Uses the dog, yeah. 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 I but remember that. You have to turn on the time circuits by turning a handle near the gear lever, which activates a unit containing multiple 14 and 7 segment displays that show destination, which is right. in red. Right. Uh, present in green. Okay. And last departed, which is in yellow. Okay. Now, after entering a target date with the keypad inside the DeLorean, the operator, of course, accelerates to 88 miles per hour, which activates the flux capacitor. Correct. As it accelerates several coils around the body. That's Doc, when the, you made the time machine at, from, you made the flux capacitor into a Mr. Blender, so you don't even know the Mr. Blender part reference yet. I did, I learned about it, though. But you don't know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, man. You forget, dude, at the end so, of one, he comes back and he has Mr. Fusion on Mr. There. Fusion, okay. So I knew uh, it was there. You're right, you're right, okay. at the end, you're right. All right. You're right. You have to remember. Can't believe the it. coils such a good one. around the body. They yeah. glow blue and white, and that's when the burst of light appears in front of them. And then it's the the time machine is uh, surrounded by an electric current similar to the Tesla coil, mm. and that's when the car vanishes in a white flashing light, blue light seconds later, leaving a pair of fiery tracks. Yeah. A digital speedometer is attached to the dashboard so that the operator can accurately gauge the car's speed. Okay? Yeah. It's very important. Right. Various proposals have been brought forth in the past by fans of the movie franchise for why the car has to be moving at 88 miles per hour to achieve temporal displacement. Oh, you mean like the Canon folks? The folks that filled mm -hmm. out the Canon? Well, it turns out the production crew... 
chose 88 miles per hour because of a visual aesthetic. They yeah. like the way it I imagine. I imagine. Because the car, the speedometer on the car, it only goes to 85. The actual speedometer on the car. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now... Gotta get this baby. Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So me saying that eighty-eight mile an hour part was actually correct. Actually, wow! Because the car had been yeah, criticized by the public for being underpowered. Well, I remember that also. Like, I remember cars. I remember like, I sort of remember cars incrementally going up. Like, like most like Accords in the eighties and nineties. Those Accords, they don't think, I don't think they go up past 85, like really? on the speedometer. I don't think so. Because there's old like Fords from like those the 60s. Do, but those you are with big block engines. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're talking a little four bangers yeah. that like were high torque. Yeah. Their red line is higher than most other cars yeah. back in the day, but they only went up to fucking. Interesting. Maybe 90 on there. Dave, let's talk about those 1.21 gigawatts, shall we? Yeah. Well, the power required is pronounced in the film as 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, incorrectly. Correct. I guess. I mean, who knows? I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah, I mean, but like... A gigawatt. Gigawatt, gigawatt. Do you know how many a gigawatt refers to? Wait, okay, no, to explain it. It's 1 billion watts. Okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Now, the spilling of gigawatts, the spelling, is with a J. That was in the script. Right, but yeah. Now, in the spelling used in the closed captioning... In the early home video versions of the film, yeah, uh, now it's they the use the same. Gig. Okay, oh. now the correct spelling, oh, oh, right? I see what you mean. Is gigawatts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, although rarely used, the J sound at the beginning of the prefix is acceptable pronunciation. Yeah, for maybe for the eighties, sure. No, apparently that's Merriam-Webster's. Look it up. You can say jigga. Yeah, but when? Or giga. Did, when though? When did Merriam-Webster's pick that? I Recently, don't know. you never. I mean, well, later versions. It's it's, it's, it's okay it's now. Probably because it's of okay. this that it's they be, did it exactly because okay. people are too fucking stupid. Well, later versions of closed captioning, such as the twenty twenty DVD trilogy release, have corrected the spelling to gigawatts with a yes, G. Yes, I remember. Now I see. This was a controversy. No, but. I I never every time I've seen it, it's always also spelled gigawatts. Well, do you know why way. it was that way? Because Bob Gale thought it was pronounced that way because it was how a scientific advisor for the film pronounced it. Uh, that's so fucking idiot. That's why. <clears throat> let's talk. About, let's talk about the flux capacitor. It's because they probably never even worked in gigawatts. They probably even never even. I thought it was fake. I, when I'm they sure. Said like, it here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. Like. People who know about what gigawatts yeah. and gigawatts and what those things are, yeah, like a billion watts, right? Like you never have to deal with a billion not. watts ever it, in your I life. I thought gi- gigawatts know, was know, like gazillion. Yeah, I thought we, it was made up. But like we didn't know what exactly. We didn't know what gigabytes were. We uh-huh. didn't know. We didn't know those any of those terms back then. The they nerds common, did barely even because yeah. to them even working in gigawatts or in gigabytes back then yeah. would, must have been crazy yeah. they're working in kilobytes and and nanobytes yeah. or whatever the fuck before yeah. is before kilo i don't even know yeah well millibytes let's, let's talk know. about the flux capacitor or just regular bytes <laughs> it's a rectangular shaped compartment with three flashing geisler style tubes arranged in a y and you know the first time too they ever say they're like yeah, I mean, we're just dealing with bytes, kilobytes, and megabytes. Has anybody after ha, ha, what's what comes after? Okay, we're on, what, we're what comes, on, we're on the flux capacitor. What, what, what comes after megabytes? I don't know, gigabytes or gigabytes. I don't even know how it's pronounced. All right, go on. Okay, 
Sorry. The flux capacitor in yes. its Y configuration I know. is described by Doc as what makes time travel possible. Right. It is the core component of the time machine. I'm glad we're getting this, this shit out right now. Why? <laughs> because this is the important stuff. That's what Learning I'm saying. about the fake yes. flux capacitor. It's yes. not about gigawatt and gigawatt. No. No. Okay. Okay. Now, as the time machine nears 88 miles per hour, light coming from the flux capacitor begins pulsing more rapidly until it becomes a set steady stream. Now, Dave, yes. you'll probably recall yes. Dr. Emmett Brown originally conceived the idea for the flux capacitor yes. on November 5th, 1955. Remember, remember the 5th of November. <laughs> he Remember because he slipped on the edge of the toilet? Is that is that uh, Baby Delorsky's birthday? <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> the point is he slipped on the edge of the toilet okay. while hanging on a clock in his bathroom. Right, I remember. All right. In 1955, Doc had named the flux capacitor the flux compressor. Mm. Okay. Compr with the K like Germans do? No, okay, but that okay. was what was shown on his 1955 Doc's diagram. Got it. Now, the film does not describe exactly how the flux capacitor works. Obviously. I wonder why. Well, yeah. I, mean, I if, wonder why. Dude, if they did, we'd all be in time machines. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? dude. So, Doc... <laughs> of course. Doc mentions at one point <laughs> that the stainless steel body of the DeLorean has a direct and influential effect on the flux dispersal. But he is interrupted before he can finish that explanation. The explanation is finished in Back to the Future's, quote, DeLorean time machine, Doc Brown's owner's workshop manual, unquote. So did you know there's a manual? Um, yeah, there um, is. To what? To the, uh, the to actual the, time machine. To the, like, the DeLorean time machine? Yeah. Like, in who, it. like who made it? I don't know. I'm guessing fans Doc made, Brown. Fan, fans made no, it? No, Doc Brown. How would the fans write it? Doc Brown created the time machine. Okay. Well, in it. This is some fun cosplay, Chris. I appreciate <laughs> this it. Is cosplay? This is cosplay? I feel like I'm at a Ren Fair right okay. now. Come on. He says, however, the stainless steel construction of the DeLorean would serve to make the flux dispersal uniform across the entire surface area of the vehicle. You'd be great at a Revolutionary War reenactment. Okay, my point is this. Yeah. I don't want our listeners thinking they can go build a time machine really? out of a VW bug. They're that dumb. They might. Okay. <laughs> you have. You could only do it with stainless steel. Got it. The whole point of yes. why they use the DeLorean. Ooh, is it hot? No, it's very cold. Okay. The instruction manual. You know what that's from, right? No. That's from Back to the Future. Back to the when he touches it. When he touches it. Yeah. It's uh, the instruction manual for the AMT slash ERTL DeLorean model kit also states because the car's stainless steel body improves the flux dispersal generated by the flux capacitor, and this in turn <clears throat> allows the vehicle smooth passage through the space time continuum. Right. Okay. Clearly. Now, we haven't discussed the time circuits. Now, Dave, the time circuits are an integral part of the DeLorean time machine. They were built with an input device and display. Okay? Now, as you'll recall, there's the red, the green, and the yellow. Now, the important thing you need to know about this is the years on the time circuits, they're limited to four digits. Oh, no. Uh-huh. And there were a classic fucking <laughs> mix up. No, no, no. There were no possible negative years that could be reached. So you can't go back in time in the DeLorean before zero AD. 
Okay. I beg to differ. This means, in theory, that the DeLorean could travel to any time from 12 a.m. on January 1st, 1 B.C., to 11.59 p.m. Well, on uh, December 31st, A.D. 9999. So I, that means we can only go into the future to 9999. Well, I have to disagree here. Why? Well, the future, yes. Because in the future, you would just go to like maybe the 5,000 year and just build a new time machine and make it longer. You well, we don't know. Yeah. It's like, you know, like how on the gun, on like the, the speed gun yeah. from back in the day, yeah. they used to only read two numbers uh-huh. and then a star if you went over 100 and uh-huh. then it would show the two numbers again. Sure. We course. don't know if you can do that. You don't, we don't, we could do that, I think. I think what you do is it, you hit the four digits, nine, 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 nine. Let's yeah. say we're going forward. And then it's star and then starts again, nine, nine. So if you wanted. But who's going to take that risk? You got to know exactly where you're going. All right, dude. Okay. We're talking about imaginary <laughs> shit here. Can we just wrap this up here? What's going on? We need to talk about Mr. Fusion. Okay, let's talk about the Mr. Fusion real quick. <laughs> the Mr. Fusion. Was that product placement? Like, did yeah, they go? I'm going to tell you about it. Because DeLorean yes. wasn't. Yeah. Pepsi for sure was. Yes. Pepsi for sure was. I'm going to tell you about it right here. Remember about all this shit earlier? You said, are see, we going to learn about see, it? And I, I'm like, I, yes, we I, are. Because I, I heard this one interview long time ago uh-huh. from either Dana Dana Carvey or or um, his partner on Wayne's World, uh, Mike Myers, yeah. that they were making fun of Back to the Future. Really what they were making fun of was Back to the Future, the Pepsi scene and the Reeboks and all that yeah. shit. They were making fun of that in Wayne's World. Yeah, and then Jaws and the, the de- 38. And, and, and uh, uh, um, Pizza Hut and yeah. all that shit. They literally used the same exact sponsors. Okay. Well, let's talk about Mr. Fusion. Yeah. The Mr. Fusion Home Energy Reactor is the name of the power source used by the DeLorean time machine in the th- entire trilogy. Right. It can be seen for the first time at the end of Back to the Future, which is I where I ended, when Doc pulls into McFly's driveway and... He just returned from a trip from what year? Do you remember? Doc had just returned? Yes. Ooh, I don't this, remember. Which would foreshadow part two. I don't remember. It was the, only 2015. So they didn't oh, go that far into the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when the Cubs won in 2016 or whatever. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the... They, uh, they predicted it. That the was The Mr. Crazy. Fusion. Almost. It's a parody of Mr. Coffee Machines. <sighs> yeah. Okay. They were extremely popular when this was right, filmed. Right, Mr. Coffee, that's what it is. Yep. The appliance itself was a prop made from an actual Krupp's Coffeena model coffee grinder. I always wondered that. That's right. I said, I always, a Mr. Fusion. I always thought it was like a Mr. Blender or something, mm-hmm. but Mr. Coffee, huh? Mr. Interesting. Coffee. Okay. Yep. The that's Mr., cool. The Mr. Fusion home energy reactor converts household waste to power. Right. Like a banana, eggshell, uh-huh. or coffee an empty grains. can of Miller High Life. With the can. Yes. <laughs> because you got to pour the can and then throw the can in, <laughs> exactly. right? Because that makes sense. Yep. Now, that's for the flux capacitor and the time circuits. Well, the way it does it is through nuclear fusion. Right, sure. Presumably, yeah, makes, cold fusion. Makes so much sense, sure. Okay. Now, in the cold film... Cold fusion is nothing more than hot air. Who said that? That's from the... That's from the... Oppenheimer? Uh, no, that's from the... The... Um, the Einstein, the Einstein movie uh-huh. with Meg Ryan. IQ. IQ. Great uh-huh. movie. Never actually. saw it. Great movie. What's his name? The old man? Albert Einstein. No, no. But who plays him? I forget. Um, I don't know. I never saw not it. Not Jack Lemmon, but the other guy. Walter Matthau. Walter, Walter Matthau. Great guy. Yeah. Funny right. guy. Funny guy. I'm sure he hated that movie, but it, was, it seemed pretty cool. 
Well, in the film, Mr. Fusion allows the DeLorean time machine to generate the required 1.21 giga, or as we know now, giga, giga is also acceptable to travel to any point in time. See, the good thing here is you can say gigaboo. Yes, you can. The energy produced by Mr. Fusion <laughs> replaces plutonium as the primary power source of the DeLorean's time travel, allowing the characters to bypass the arduous power generation requirements upon which the plot of the first film hinges, okay? The plutonium fission reactor was most likely left installed underneath Mr. Fusion as a backup power source, okay? This is alleged. Got it, cool. Somebody cared enough. I mean, this is canon. This is like okay. fan art. You're talking, you're telling me Reddit fan art right now. The Mr. Fusion can provide enough power. Can it? To the flux capacitor and the time circuits, but it is not used to power up the DeLorean really? itself. Really? Okay. Tell us what is. Ordinary gasoline. Wow. Uh -huh. ah. Okay. ah, that's cool. Now, after it ended up in 1955, the DeLorean received a few additional equipment upgrades. Okay. What do you think those were, Dave? Um, in airbags. 55. No. There's an alarm clock. An alarm clock. Okay. Remember, Marty had to put it on the dashboard? Sure. Or Doc did to oh, so signal. Oh, so to let him know when to yeah. go. That's when he goes down to the clock yeah, tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, interestingly enough, after the DeLorean disappeared in 1985... So, basically, what you're trying to get to me right now is that there's every single rendition of this DeLorean in the movie that is shown on screen, mm -hmm. there's a replica of it. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, okay. After the DeLorean disappears to 1985, did you ever notice that the pole remained behind, hanging from the wire? Nope. I oh, did. I did, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the pole is technically not part of the DeLorean time machine. The original. Correct. It's just added on later. I didn't, well, I haven't seen two, so yeah, I can't remember. you're right. You got to see it, dude. All right. Watch it tonight. Now, this is very crucial. Okay. In the film, I, I, I bet it is. <laughs> the DeLorean time machine is a licensed registered vehicle in the state of California. Okay. That's where the original film took place. Sure. The yeah, Vanity, Twin Pines. The Vanity license plate reads... Twin Pines. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I don't know. Out of time. Out of time. Now, there's a problem with this, Dave. What? It's a what we call in the business a deliberate anomaly. Okay. Because the maximum number of oh. symbols on California plates is seven. seven. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, when Doc returns from 2015, it's a barcode license plate. I don't know if I ever mentioned that. I don't remember that. Yep. That's cool. Well, now I'm going to recognize it. Now I'm going to watch when I watch too. The time machine went through several variations during the variation. production, which we have discussed. And in the first draft, the time machine was a laser device that was housed in a room. Okay. And at the end of the draft, the device was attached to a refrigerator and taken to a nuclear bomb test. Now, the reason I bring this up is not only did Spielberg veto it. Remember how I was like thinking I was all smart in the last episode saying the kids would have died in refrigerators? Yeah. It was Spielberg who said that, and I just remembered it. Sure. But what he did yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, with that nuclear uh, bomb test idea... That's what he used to open up Indiana Jones 4, the crystal skulls. Uh, he used that instead. You haven't seen it. No. But in that one, Indy is at like Los Alamos oh, and okay. there's an atomic bomb that goes off and wow. he hides in the fridge. Wow. So he would later Smart. use that later on. Smart. 
Yeah. Well, Zemeckis suggested the DeLorean because of not only mobility, unique design, but it appeared to look like a UFO from the 1950s, okay, because of the gullwing doors. Those were inspired cool. by the Mercedes-Benz 300 SL, okay? Nice. 300 SL is a sick car. Yep. Oh, I mean, those are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, SLs are, I mean, they're widely women's cars, but SLs are really nice. There was a different ending in the original draft in 85. So what was supposed to happen was Marty was supposed to outrun a nuclear explosion at a test site to power the flux capacitor to get him back to 1985. But during the movie's filming, they went over budget and behind schedule and Universal refused to grant the producers the money because they couldn't afford a desert location. So that's when they changed the, the script to the clock tower. So what I'm thinking to myself is, how many scenes did they have to go back and shoot? Because you remember one of my favorite scenes is, save the clock tower, save the clock tower. Yeah. And there's that broad that has the thing that he writes the note to Jen, his girlfriend, and that's how he later remembers that it, the clock's going to get struck that night. It's a nice right. plot point. Yeah. We haven't even discussed the fact that they uh. shot the whole movie with Eric Stoltz and then clipped it and then went and got back Alex P. Keaton. What's his name? I don't know. The guy with the Parkinson's. He's in the he's oh, uh, Michael, Michael J. Fox. Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Yeah. Now, Dave, yeah. did you know that the Ford Motor Company lobbied to have the Ford Mustang in the movie? Oh, really? Did they? They offered 75000 That's it? Uh-huh. Fuck and those pussies. Gail said, Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang. That's a quote. Three DeLoreans were used. Yeah, I don't think he drives a Mustang either. Um, and purchased from a collector, one for stunts, one for special effects, and one for normal shots. Uh, they did break down often on set and were unreliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Okay. The custom speedometer with its 88 miles per hour. Um, the reason it's that way is there was a 1979 law passed by then President Jimmy Carter that had limited speedometers to 85 miles per hour ah. to reduce speeding. Got it. The flux, See, that's why I remember, yeah. The flux capacitor necessary for time travel was called the temporal field capacitor. Uh-huh. But Zemeckis said the name wasn't believable. Yeah. So then he switched it to the flux capacitor. Flex. Uh, the flying DeLorean used a combination of live action footage, animation, and 1.5 scale uh, models. Cool. And the model shop crew filmed it against a blue screen. Cool. Months were spent on the model from epoxy, steel, and aluminum. Halogen lamps were fitted to the tires to simulate thrusters. Right. The tires were made from aluminum to withstand the heat right blue chalk was rubbed on the windscreen to conceal the lack of riders is there a drivable version with that has the wheels i hope so that's sick if there is that effect was produced of course by industrial light and magic now cool. the act of the delorean traveling through time is referred to as the time slice effect got it zemeckis only knew that he wanted it to be a violent transition okay he described it like a Neanderthal sitting on the hood of the DeLorean and chipping away the fabric of time in front of him. He suggested a crack in time opening before the car, but animators could not determine what would be on the reverse 
of the opening visible to the audience. So an electrical effect enveloping the car was abandoned because a similar prod, uh, process had been used in the Terminator film, which was the year before. Yeah. They also, um, they're, they're trying to come up with that idea here to make this transition. So they thought about a wave of energy that moved over the car ex- before exploding and blowing a hole in time and a cubist effect where the car would break into separate segments, each individually expanding in proportion before disappearing. Cool. So that kind of would have looked yeah. janky, I think. Yeah, yeah I think they they made the right choice the way they did it. Yeah. Uh, a stuntman in uh, a dog suit portrayed Doc's dog when moving in the car. And it was suggested that the DeLorean emerge from a time slice in sections that slam into each preceding section. Zemeckis preferred this as he did not want the audience to think too much about how everything worked. So his idea was That's like, cool. dumb it down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, it's fake. I mean, yeah. come on, you're not going to back in the future for answers. You're not going to for answers, dude. So, um, like I said, the different parts from the three 1982 DeLoreans were used in the film. Liquid nitrogen was poured onto the car mm-hmm. for scenes after it traveled smoke, through sure. time. Okay. Um, and then the base of the nuclear reactor was made from the hubcap from a Dodge Polara. Did you know that? No. I did. Because you looked it up. No, I looked at it and I was like, that nuclear reactor looks like a fucking hubcap. Did it? Never bothered you at all? I mean, it's a car part. This whole thing's made out of fucking car parts. <laughs> they used aircraft parts. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Fake aircraft parts. <laughs> Uh, in one of the scenes, carbon dioxide extinguishers were hidden inside the DeLorean to simulate the exhaust effects. Ultimately, five DeLoreans were used in the entire trilogy, okay. plus one process trade, car. Trade. One process car for interior shots. In the off-the-road scenes, now I'm guessing this is for the third one, okay? They used a modified four-off-road VW Beetle frame that was retrofitted into the DeLorean. Okay. Didn't know that. Um, While the original PRV V6 engines, this answers your engine question. So it wasn't a four banger. It was a V6. Wow. Were retained. It's it's fucking stainless steel, the whole thing. That's why it's so slow and not gas efficient. (laughs) They're retained in the physical cars for filming. The film sound effects used the sound of a Porsche 928 V8 and the Star Wars land speeder from the engine sounds in the movie. So pay attention the next time you listen to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder, like, land speeders are those the ones from? Oh, it was from the first. Well, one. land speeders are the just like what Luke drives. Yeah, yeah. I was then, thinking about the Ewok speeder, village. Speeder bikes. Those yeah. speeder bikes. I had like three of them when I was a kid. Those make this, they all make the same sound pretty much. Yeah. So there, this is of t- as of 2021. There's approximately 122 DeLoreans that have been converted back to the future style. Ah, I would have thought a little bit. Nah, that makes about sense. About 120. Yeah. Yep. And That's then, cool. I sat in one at one of the, I went to Comic-Con. Back to the Future. No, every year, um, during the anniversary, they they uh, they show 
at the Gamble House where they filmed Doc's oh yeah that's Doc's house pa- Pasadena Pasadena yeah they uh, they show the movie on the projector screen yeah on the lawn you all go watch mm-hmm. it on the lawn try and get laid and then uh, and then they have a mock <laughs> version of the DeLorean there that you could take a picture in okay for like thirty bucks or whatever okay um. The Spanish public broadcaster RTVE has an educational TV program focusing on history named El Concedor de Fluzo. Do you know what that translates no. to? No. The Flux Capacitor. Cool. After the film prop. Fluzo is a mistranslation of Flux that appeared in the Spanish dubbing of the first film and stuck. Okay? Mm-hmm. So somebody made a whole show about this because they missed pronounce the name yeah. did you know that uh, delorean was in ready player one no never i don't even know what ready player one is it's a movie i mean i know it but okay there's about 6500 delorean still in existence okay um there there's something i want to bring up cat delorean that? that's Kat the delorean that's the daughter the daughter okay dime piece <laughs> she <laughs> Uh, has a post on D, um, dmgmotors.com, and she recently announced that she is bringing her rock star uh, security credentials to a new project, Cat DeLorean, daughter of legendary automotive engineer John DeLorean, and is following in her f- father's footsteps to build a new sports car. In what year? This is the last year as wow. I found this. The car will be named the model JZD in honor of John Zachary DeLorean. Which is uh, who? John DeLorean. Got it. So um, I looked at the website. Yeah. They have some mock-ups. Oh, boy. They're pretty amazing. Are they now? Yeah. So yeah, but they're not going to look anything like that. Go to it's D- going to end up like Homer's car. <laughs> go to, excuse me, it's dngmotors.com. <laughs> Go go if you if you want to check out, I'll the, check it out those you should go check it out. Now here's the thing, it's not. I, I was poking around on here. She says this is going to be an electric vehicle, and it's going to do like zero to sixty in two point nine nine seconds. Top speed at one fifty five. Range is estimated at three hundred miles. I changed that. Go to DeLorean.com. Anyway, check out the site if you want to see it. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. There is an a, um, active message board. So if you have questions about the DeLorean, she is currently answering questions, Cat DeLorean. So I can't wait. I found a Vanity Fair article, Dave. Oh, fuck. I just want to mention a few things because <laughs> I'm watching this film uh-huh. and I'm like, the kid that's the most fucked up is the guy that says fuck you every other word, Zach. Sure. Like, he looks like he's got PTSD. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder what happened to him. So I just Googled him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nothing came up. But his, his mom... Instagram came up. He's got 6,500 followers. No, his mom was in um, um, a Vanity Fair article. Uh-huh. And apparently they don't talk much anymore. Aww. And she was like, I he's really... He's a druggie. She said, I want to go over and clean his house. Yeah. That's... She's a drug addict. He's a drug addict. <laughs> Let's hope not, bro. I know. It's not cool to wish drugs on it's anybody. Not besides wishing them. you. Besides I'm not wishing you. them. I'm just saying like this Acknowledging. is... Like this guy like does drugs and then wonders why his life is shitty. It's not shitty because he was... You don't know he does drugs. He could just be down right. on his I don't luck. know. I don't know. But, yeah. he, but he, he, he is mad that he used to be a millionaire or his father used to be a millionaire yeah. and now he has nothing. It's here's the thing. This happens to a lot of people sure. that have famous parents. They yeah, have to it live, does. Or we're child stars. Right. And they but they die young. 
Sure. Because they have to live up to their parents. And his parent was very successful, but ultimately ended up being a fucking fraud and yeah. shyster and a con man and fucked up a lot of shit. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you about the movie. It's a three docker. Okay. Okay. It's very interesting that we have Baldwin getting in and out. How of, long is it? It's an hour and 40 minutes, probably. Amazing. So I would recommend it if you're into the Back to the Future stuff. And you cut out, this is so crazy that you cut yeah. out like the first half of this documentary. Oh, I had to cut tons of it out. And that documentary is only an hour and 40 minutes. Uh huh. Yeah, we did four hours on it. Right. But Dave, that's because that's our show. I know. We're not here to save people time. I know. Okay. This isn't We're here to waste it. This is not cliff notes. Okay. If no, you get if you're if you have depth. to do, if you have to do a back uh what do you call it? A book report on a film. I don't know if they do that, but if your teacher says, I want you to go watch this, and you know, you don't come to us, okay? Because you're gonna get more than you bargain for. All right. But if you do, feel free to rip us off because I'm all about taking my genius ideas and you getting an A on your report. Now, Dave, we got some housekeeping we need to clean up around here. As you know, um, we took a week off, but prior to that, I announced a contest that you're a part of. And the contest was for our listeners to post their Spotify wrapped and we have a winner. Shwilly B is the Shwilly. winner. We ended up third. On his list. On his list. Who was first? St. Rogies? I'm not going. It's a podcast that I would not prefer to mention. St. <laughs> Rogies. And t- no, no, Kid. Ro- <laughs> Rogan was on there. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. another podcast that, no, nah, it's just this guy I used to work with and I don't like to talk about him. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, Jake Uger and the, the, the Young Turks. Got it. Yes. So anyway, Shilly. Got it. Fuck the Young Shwilly, Turks. Shwilly B will officially be receiving a $47 gift card from Tiffany and Company that may or may not work and is only redeemable at the Beverly Hills yep. Rodeo store. And Dave, I'm gonna you get said him a, you would I'm going to get him a t-shirt from his favorite podcast. <laughs> right. So, and I wonder which one he's going to pick, dude. So Shwilly, we reach out to Dave for yeah. that and he'll take care of you. Yep. Now, we've got a few, um, um, what do you call it, reviews I want to read. Because uh, you know that's the rule. You review it, you're getting you're getting a mention on the show. No. This comes from uh, somebody that calls himself Guy in Drag. Sweet. It's titled Sexy. Come. Hard. It's titled Come. K U M. Sweet. Five stars. Yes. Keep um coming, but he spelled coming like cumin. <laughs> Keep him cumin. Keep him cumin. Uh, the next one comes from Clomo Crohane Crow. Laughs so much, so good. Great episode, learned a lot. He, he left two separate reviews. Nice. And this coming from Pirate Hooker Pirater uh, regarding the episode titled Tabloid. This is when the show really started taking off. It's also the origin of the Simpsons music Deep wow. Dives. And Tobias found that quote, responded to it, and said, loved it. I Guys, thank you for your support. That added to our lore right there, buddy. Thank you. It helps us going to positive it comments. Does. Now, Dave. Yes. Teaser time. Next week, it's time to delve back into the world of the crooked, dirty market of the art world. Ooh. We are going to be discussing a documentary on Netflix, if you want to watch it ahead of this, uh, called Made You Look. Ooh, K, 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 K. So made you look will be next week. 
Obviously, we want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. We know there are many choices out there, uh, and ours is still the best choice you make during your week. Find us on Twitter at Down yeah. on the Docks. Don't Find us on Spader Neuter your cat, cat and pet <laughs> on your Instagram pets. at Down on the Docks Pod. Shoot us an email at Down on the Jock Docks at email. Yeah, you only you went down <laughs> on the Jocks in high school, you fucking fag. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> that's right, it. That's later, it. guys. <laughs>